0: Creative riding is a weekly show about motorcycles. Sometimes this show has opinions, not necessarily facts. Most of the time this show is opinions, not necessarily facts, and the opinions are strictly those of the a-hole that says them. They're not representative of creative riding as a whole and uh, may be outdone by the opinion of another a-hole at any time on the show at that. You've been warned. Welcome. Moto One Podcast Network. And the North America's... <laughs> Fucking fail. <laughs> Hang on. Jesus ever-loving Christ. Well, (laughs) hey, everybody, this is uh, Creative (laughs) Writing Motorcycle Podcast (laughs) Network. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody, to episode 100, and you know what it is of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. This is Junkman. Right now, I'm editing the show, watching Moto America Superbike Race 1 from Coda a couple weeks ago. It's uh, Moto America's YouTube channel. They're posting up their stuff for free. Um, it says it posted up a couple weeks ago, so maybe they're doing it live right after the race. It's got Jason Pridmore and Greg White doing race announcing, and there is some sweet action happening on the screen. These guys are awesome. So while I'm doing this and editing the show, I did want to say um I'm alone in the studio tonight, and Jay is coming along for tonight's ride with me. Let's break in right here with me and JJ. Tippy Nene. <laughs> I'm there with you in spirit. You are here with me in spirit, and that's as best as uh, I could expect, because I wouldn't want you here with me in person. You know why? Because
1: you're sweating balls.
0: Well, that's A, because I'm sweating balls, and I would (laughs) feel bad if you were here sweating along with me. Um, It is hot as hell. I mean, it's pretty damn hot, and I don't... How
1: hot was it over there today?
0: So (laughs) hot. Dude, I walked right into that one. Um... It was so hot. I'm trying to think of a funny hot joke that I know. Guess what? I don't know any. If you you know any hot jokes, send them to creativewritingpodcast.gmail.com and I'll tell them on next week's uh, show. Um, No, it was so hot that literally um, I sweated a lot. It actually wasn't as hot as it was the other day, which is kind of telling because uh, whenever it cools down, you know that it's just the calm before the storm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they're... they're, uh, forecasting like a hell of a lot hotter than like next uh i guess thursday friday saturday sunday is just gonna like go through the roof so if it was hot today i'm just gonna be quiet and not um, complain about it the reason i'm really glad you're not here is because i didn't want one of these
1: oh Oh yes, it is coming. It yeah. will. If you do have it coming. You, yeah. you and Chris both.
0: Yeah, talking we, <laughs>
1: smack on me in my absence. How <laughs> dare you? Uh, did you hear me? Oh, I deserve
0: that one. Did you hear me though? Say that we like totally need. I said, in her defense, she's not here. <laughs> but uh, and then I was like, she's gonna totally give us one of these. Oh, when but, she yeah, gets back. Yeah, you bad. guys
1: got some good burns on me. They, they weren't that bad though. I, I was, I was waiting for them. I was no. like, oh, here we come. Here we go. We
0: wouldn't really burn you. <laughs> on
1: the air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tell my ears were burning.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, no.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's because it's been so hot. We were just talking about that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, um, t- t- Wiggins is out today. We, uh, It's funny because, um, let me think of what we did Friday. I don't remember. I don't remember Friday. That's how, I just forget stuff like that. But I think, what was it Friday? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Wiggins and I on Friday went to see one of my favorite bands, and he had never seen him before. I seen the guy a handful of times, and it was Bob Log the three. Oh,
1: yeah, I saw the video on him. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, Wiggs posted a video. He had, like, a helmet on. Yeah, oh,
0: that's his jam, like. All right, everybody, uh, this is Junk. I'm coming in here to throw in an edit. Uh, Jay and I went on for a good, ooh, probably about 12 or 13 minutes uh, about one-man bands. And that's 12 or 13 minutes that we can use in this show extra. So I'm not going to bore you with all the details. But I will tell you, we talked about Bob Log 3 which is who Wiggins and I went to see. Uh, we talked about C6 Steve. We talked about Ben Prestige. We talked about Philip Roebuck, and we talked about Shaky Graves. All three great one-man bands. And if you want to uh, go check any of those guys out, do it on your own time. This is a motorcycle show, and so I'm going to edit out all of this just because length of show and all that great, great stuff. Alright, back to the regularly scheduled Badoobadaba. Uh, Speaking of one-man bands, I'd like to thank um, Dadbod for making some of the music. I should put some Dadbod music in our show tonight. Maybe I will. And then also uh, Arkansas Crybaby for supplying songs such as "Cigaricken" and uh, some of the other stuff that you hear. Some of the funky, bluesy stuff that you hear. In our show. So, hey Jay, how you doing? That's enough. That's the uh, Creative Writing Music Ooh. Show. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. So, I'm doing
1: good. Uh, my, one of my friends, uh, Sonia, she came down from the bay to hang out. Um, I had texted her. Uh, asking because she has a SV in her garage, an SV 650. She's the one who got me into riding SV 650. So, in preparation, I'm thinking in the future once I get back on my bike, uh, the repairs that I have to do. So I texted her. I was like, Hey, do you have like some of the various different parts that I need? Um, I listed off some parts, and she's like, Oh yeah, we we have like all of this shit in the garage. And I was like, Oh sweet, can you like mail it to me? And she's like, oh, Okay, well I'll see. And then, like, she texts me, like, a day later, and she's like, is it okay if I just ride down there? (laughs) And I was like, hell yeah, just, like, come on down. So she's a sweetheart. She brought a bunch of stuff. Um, She brought me, uh, I replaced my left foot peg. So I have a a working foot peg now on the left side. Uh, She brought some handlebars for the tweaked ones that I have. Yeah, hands. yours.
0: They just got like a little. It's not like massive, like one bent down or anything. But they did get like pushed back a little. They, on the yeah, side. they were
1: tweaked enough because we went downstairs and I went to to you know put the handlebars left and right full lock. And on the left side, you can totally tell it was like hitting the tank. So it definitely was was tweaked enough that it's hitting the tank. But um, so I have some new handlebars. There. I think they're going to be like an inch or two taller than the stock ones I have. But it's nothing like too dramatic or whatever and then um is
0: is that what you and Wiggs were texting about the other day you guys were like had a little something or other going on about um basically looking at some stock numbers or something like that
1: uh i don't i don't know i don't remember yeah. what we were talking
0: about wow you mean my memory is better than <laughs> yours that is sad <laughs>
1: <laughs> no and then she uh, i got some on oh, she also gave me a couple pairs of frame sliders so i got some fresh frame sliders nice um and then so i was like hey you wanna because i haven't been able to ride the bike obviously and um i was like i put the the, the um foot peg on and i was like hey you want to like just take the bike around the block just to make sure everything's, you know, running smooth. And she's like, hell yeah. So she took my bike for for a spin and everything is in like fucking working condition. So I'm very excited about that. She said nothing sounds, you know, nothing, the engine's fine. Yeah. So um, all I got to do is replace the handlebars and the frame slider. And once I'm ready to ride, I'm back on the banana. So that, I'm looking
0: forward to that. That's rad. Are you, I, I'm thinking, How? like, what's your, like, how, what is your health like right now? What's your leg like?
1: Uh, I can't put any weight on my foot right now. I'm so still, still on crutches. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, when I, I saw the doctor two weeks ago, and he, he said that not much healing has transpired in the last month um he said it's probably most likely due to the fact that i have that pre-existing hardware on on the bone on the tibia and so that has it causes like blood flow issues and different yeah. stuff like that and like it's a pre there's scar tissue like on the bone and in the leg cuz when i broke my leg back in 2012 i broke it in like three places and uh, I fucked up the ankle. And so my leg got pretty messed up in that accident. So there's a lot of scar tissue in there. So he said that's probably hindering the, the healing. Um, so I have a, a follow-up appointment in a week and a half. So I'll get another x-ray and see if it's healing at that point. The, the tibia is healing. So that part is fine. The issue is the ankle. Um, my ankle is still—it's like swollen up. It looks like a freaking, like swollen sausage. Um, mm. So yeah, and that's—that's that's what I'm—I'm kind of concerned because in the X-ray, it's like the piece of bone that broke off. It's like—I I don't know how many millimeters it is, but it does not look close to like the main part of the bone. So I'm worried that it might be a non-union fracture. Because in that case, then I'm looking at a longer uh, healing period.
0: Yeah, does that just mean it's going to float around forever there in your body Yeah, just float
1: around, you know. <laughs> just Should float hang, around just my body, out, randomly. Yeah. Just I'll just have, like, out. a third elbow at some point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. At that point, I might have to maybe get pins installed. I don't know. It depends. But he was telling me, he's like, oh, I was like, well, how long how long till we know. And he's like, Oh, I don't know. Like usually it usually takes like six months to find that out. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I like, Dang. like I can't be off my feet for six months, man. That That's going to kill me. So hopefully it's doing okay. Like I said, I'll find out in a week and a half, but, um, I'm starting physical therapy around the same time. So we'll see how that goes. But Yeah, so I'm still housebound. I haven't really been able to leave the house. I'm on crutches. I've just been doing a lot of art. I want to say thank you to some of the people who have reached out for the commissions because you guys are helping uh, me financially because I do not have any income at this time. So please, if you would like a motorcycle art piece, I am accepting commissions. Uh, Email me or reach out to me on Instagram.
0: Have you? Has anybody reached out and got your? You know, has anybody supported you as far as the art and stuff that you have? Um,
1: yeah. Well, you know who reached out to me? Uh, Bryce Viffer.
0: No kidding.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, cause I was like, oh, cause I saw he he had signed on the bottom of the email, and I was like, oh, I was like, dude, I know you. You're the infamous uh, field, field producer, producer Bryce Viffer, <laughs> bringing yeah. us stories
0: from around the globe, and then yeah, some. so.
1: I'm working on his piece. He, he he wanted two pieces, so I'm doing two pieces for him. I'm really excited about those. But um, I definitely, please, like, if anybody's out there, uh, reach out to me. I'm trying to make the, the pieces affordable, but at the same time, you know, yeah, uh, the value of my work. Like, I, I'm i sending out the first one that I did for um, the Chris Geis, who does So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. I just finished his over the weekend and I'm sending it out and I put in hours and hours on his piece and uh, hopefully he likes it. Cause I think it turned out pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? He, and he's mentioned it a few times and he's a great guy. I know Lance. Um, I know you sent some stuff to Lance. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I know he's always pretty appreciative and Paul, I can't believe he, he also with me, um, it was time to uh, do like uh, distinguished gentleman stuff last year, and I didn't know they needed they wanted a minimum donation or something like that. And it was funny because um, he stepped up and like donated a lot. He's he's always been here for the show and for um, you know everybody here, so I, it's really cool. I feel like he's like a super engaged uh, person. It doesn't surprise me to see that he. Um, commissioned a piece for you he also was one of the first guys i think to jump on the mimi and moto uh nice. bandwagon when i was like hey you know we have they they reached out to me with like a week left on their kickstarter but yeah he's he's always there with uh, some cool stuff plus i have his motorcycle about two and a half feet away from me <laughs> <laughs> so that we can't thank you enough probably, ever. yeah no yeah. that's cool that's really cool
1: yeah, I know. I really appreciate it because it's like a lot of people have told me, they're like, oh, you should start a GoFundMe. But, I mean, honestly, I, I, I prefer to do it with my art because I've always been wanting to kind of like support myself off of my art. So this really motivates me to like be on top of it and, and have to promote myself. And it, it it's kind of a win-win for me because it helps me financially during this time of need, but then also helps me if this is something that, you know, I really want to do for the future. So. Yeah yeah for
0: sure and uh not to mention uh patreons bribe viffer is also a patron of the show via patreon if you want to be a patron of the show you guys make it happen um there's something coming up wow well, i shouldn't even say it once you say something then you have to do it right uh-huh. but anyways thank you patrons i may be saying more than thank you uh just over the air we i'm yeah, let me let me not do what I just said I wasn't going to do. But anyway, uh, thank you for all you do. If you want to become a patron, go to www. We don't have to say that anymore. Just don't don't go to www. <laughs> the really weird Wiener's uh, website is what you're going to find there. Just go to Patreon.com forward slash Creative Writing, and it should pop up right there. Creative Writing, more like a podcast, making a weekly show about the people who ride and uh, the weird stuff that they do. Um, so thank you patrons very much. Um, I wanted to say that many of our patrons were also in our motorcycle uh, podcaster challenge riders group this year, which has really uh, stoked me out because you can really see, Hey, there's some support coming in there. You know, people do love us <laughs> for, for whatever <laughs> weird reason. But uh, I did want to say thank you guys for that. And um, the call in was a, uh, Pretty much successful. I got to do a one-on-one with uh, Brian, and that'll be coming up here pretty soon. There's two Brian's in our writer group, so Brian G. Um, and so I kind of threw it out last minute. I'm not surprised that more people didn't, you know, see it who's looking at Facebook late on Saturday night, you're usually horking cocaine off a of hooker's butt. Or <laughs> if you're in Wisconsin, you're out for tacos and cheese and all that great stuff. So I'm not surprised. A lot of people didn't see it, but I didn't. I kind of had to throw it together last minute. I knew I was going to do it Sunday. I just didn't know what time. So some people missed it. But that gives me the chance to say, hey, you know what I'm going to do then? I'm just going to go ahead and probably do like one-on-ones. You know, you do them every quarter with your boss. You might as well do them with old junky turdman, <laughs> right? So um, it was a success. I considered it a success. Brian and I got a chat for quite a while, and like I said, you'll be hearing that coming up pretty soon. And also the roast my bike, man. We friggin' failed. Even if you, even if they call in with you, and we figured out the audio problem. Obviously, because Jay is on with us this week. The audio problem is don't buy um, aftermarket earplugs for your uh, iPhone. <laughs> Because it'll mess everything up. You know what? Here's that
1: a... that roaster bike, man. It was it was like such a tease. Because I was like, okay, are you gonna roast the bike at any point?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It was such a fail. We've only done two, one or two good ones, and it's only when we had other people, like at Lucky Wheels once, and then I think when we were at uh, Atlantis Motor Garage, we did. And um, I think maybe Kevin from Steady helped us roast one once, but he's good at you know he's he's got an eye for that sort of stuff. Um, hey, I want to ask you real quick, by the way, before we get into the upcoming events cuz we're going to go to a, a break here pretty soon. But did your headphones you were we're, uh, we're talking now and we couldn't get a hold of you last week because uh there was your voice wasn't coming through. Mm-hmm. Do your head? are your you're not on the new weird like headphone-less jack iPhone, are you? You're on no. the, you're on the old I one.
1: can't afford those those yeah. new technology things.
0: Trust me, it's not <laughs> worth it. You had to buy all sorts of adapters to get the stuff to come through. Yeah,
1: I've heard they suck. Like, it's yeah. a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah. You basically just have to buy an adapter, but it's just more stuff that you have to buy in order to make what used to work just work. Um, I Um And then you can't charge it at the same time as listen to headphones, obviously, because, like, you you need the port either for the headphones or for the charger so you have to like if you're charging it you have to listen to a bluetooth device and if you're in the office charging it while everyone else is working and you don't want them to hear your loud and vulgar podcast you have to plug headphones into the you into the bluetooth speaker anyway so it'll, so yeah it's a big pain in the butt apple total fail but what i was going to get at is does your um your headphones that you have now have three rings at the end, or just two rings on the end? Because I bet you that's why you couldn't talk to me the other day.
1: Um, the oh, the ones that I have now.
0: Yeah, that you were trying to use.
1: Oh, that would entail me unplugging them.
0: Oh well, yeah, and- never mind.
1: Never <laughs> mind. Don't do it.
0: Um, if it's working, it's working. But if it's uh, uh, all the Apple stuff, since it's a uh, left, right, and microphone. Mm -hmm. there needs to be three rings. So it's a TRRS, which is a tip ring-ring sleeve. And um, most plugs are just for stereo, so it's ring and sleeve. Mm. And so there's, like, usually only two rings are, you know, there's, like, two round little notches on your thing. And all i stuff like apple stuff has three because there's one for the extra one for the speaker control so that you can like ah. yeah so if yours only had two that's probably why you could hear us but you couldn't say anything back to us uh-uh.
1: uh, well the the iphone ones all the ones that i have have three little ring things
0: yeah 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 you need three yeah oh so it did have three the ones you're the, the to iphone
1: ones yeah i don't know huh. about the one i have now yeah, i
0: don't know why i wasn't working then last week's uh call.
1: i don't know i, I I have no idea.
0: Yeah. So, hey, listen, everybody. Um, thank you. I hope Fuel Cleveland. It just happened uh, Sunday. I hope everybody had a lot of fun. The day of Spiker Build-Off, also very fun. Uh, that happened down in Venice Beach. Um, like I said, I went to a concert with Wiggins on Friday night. Saturday night uh, or Saturday We it was his daughter's birthday and uh, his dog wasn't looking so hot. He's got one dog that's about one hundred and twelve, but just a little bit younger than me. Um, and then he's got another dog that is she looks real young, but she had some surgery or something like that. So she wasn't feeling good. And that's why Wiggins isn't here tonight is cause his little fur baby is not doing so good. And, she was passing blood. Um, Aww. and I don't mean like a quarterback at uh, tryouts. I mean like, you know, the way you don't want to pass blood, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she, um, hopefully is feeling better and hopefully she's doing good because I would, that'd suck to have her, um, anything bad happen when you already got one that has one foot in the grave, one other foot on the banana peel. You know what I'm saying? You don't need, (laughs) don't need both of them to go down at the same time. Um, the SoCal cycle swap meet was at long beach veteran stadium this last weekend. And I have to say that, uh, I wish I would go down there with some of the old crap. I really need to clean out my garage. Um, I decided that I'm not going to try and rebuild every single project I have, even though it's fun to tinker and it's fun to, um, I don't know. It it is fun to like, you got something, you know, you're never going to use. So it's fun to cut it open and see how it works and how it looks inside. But at the same time, then what are you going to do with it? Like I eventually have to get rid of it anyway. So I'm kind of like looking to get rid of the bunch of the stuff that I have. And so the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet is one place where you can guarantee go down and usually... There's people down there looking. I mean, if you get rid of something for ten bucks, you know, you don't have to sell it for a thousand bucks. So, if you want to get rid of all your trash and make someone else very happy, next month I suggest going down to SoCal Cycle Swap in Long Beach and then visit Jay and buy some art. Um, Use all the use all the money from the stuff you sold at the (laughs) swap meet and go buy some of Jay's (laughs) stuff. You know,
1: that's I should go to the swap meet and just set up a table and put some of my stuff out there for
0: shizzle shizzle and next time um, creative writing has an event going on you should do that Um, it would be actually not too shappy that's not a bad idea
1: yeah I'm actually working on getting some saving up to get some prints made because once I get some prints it'll be a lot easier to sell Uh a lot of my my work yeah
0: Um, every year at the at the women's motor show at Lucky Wheels, there's usually somebody there, or two, or three people sometimes um, selling prints. So yeah, get your print set up. Hey, do you know what tomorrow is? Uh,
1: another day.
0: Tomorrow is another day. Actually, maybe it's today. We record this beforehand, so I don't really know. But Sturgis, man. Sturgis number 79 is happening. Sturgis,
1: brother. Yo,
0: baby. That's the, uh, if you're not from the States, that's the event where everyone drives their really expensive and crummy bikes uh, to the nearby towns, parks the trailer, gets the bike <laughs> off, and then rides them the three and a half miles in to show everybody their sweet Hoopty. Uh So, yeah, Sturgis, August 2nd to 11th. There's going to be some flat track going on at the Buffalo Chip and at the Black Hills half mile? No, I think the Black Hills, yeah, I think it's a half mile. So there's going to be two races. There's going to be a TT and uh, the Black Hills track. Um, that's going to be a pretty fun race. They also usually have, or sometime around Sturgis, they usually have motocross hill climbs, and they used to have supermoto, but I'm not sure if the uh, supermoto schedule got cut short this year and is running short. So they they usually do it through the town of Sturgis, like uh, the day before like the rally starts or something. It's pretty cool. Obviously, you can't do a supermoto through the town of Sturgis with like a quarter of a million <laughs> bikes parked there. So, but um, you know
1: what? I wonder. I wonder if anyone's. Done a drinking game to see how many tramp stamps and tribal tattoos that they can see at Sturgis.
0: Well, I'm sure those people are dead of alcohol uh, poisoning. Uh, I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure the ultimate challenge has been attempted, tried, and death ensued because, yeah, you, there's, and painted boobs and Harley Davidson <laughs> bandanas, right? Like, oh, yeah. Listen. And lots of leather. Why do yeah, of course. It's like mandatory. Why don't we do creative writing bingo cards and you and I can pool our artistic, uh, well, you know, we'll do it as a checkerboard. I'll take one half. You take the other half and we will pool our artistic capabilities and we'll make some Sturgis bingo cards that we can, uh, give away to people who might want to go to Bing Sturgis and say, yes, I, I think did. That's a good one. <laughs> I did see a woman with at least 47, um, beaded necklaces around her neck and yes i did see a man with a raccoon tail hat on um and they both had tramp stamps (laughs) (laughs) double bingo uh yeah so that ought to be pretty fun um august 7th boswell's hooligan racing coming up at the putnam county fairgrounds in putnam county Fairground. um august 11th vintage bike oc down at castanetas at huntington beach in california August sixteenth through the eighteenth, the High Pipe Festival at Mountain High Resort. Which Jay, I plan on going to this. You know, Liza's coming to town that weekend.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard you say. Liza's coming to town, and she was. When is that? She's that's next coming weekend?
0: in. Yeah, no, two weekends, and oh, okay. she's coming in hot. Uh, she's bringing a whole crew of hooligans with her, and they have got something scheduled. And my wife was like, "Yeah, you should go do it." And I was like, "Listen, did you hear what I just said? They have something scheduled. Like, they." And said I could tank along But I'm not on the schedule for that Like I don't know if that's going to work out And then if I do that I will miss the high pipe The only time it's probably going to be in SoCal So I don't know, we'll have to see I'm flying by the seat of my pants on that one I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work out yet
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll see how I feel If I can make it or not
0: Yeah, yeah, hopefully you can put some feet uh, Weight on your feet Put some. You should put your feet on a weight Yeah, <laughs> hopefully you can put your foot on a weight by then And uh, we'll get you in a Ural. And um, I actually saw a Ural in the wild the other day, parked at, uh, what's that, Sprouts. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. And I wanted to tell you, not only is August 11th the uh, Vintage High Pipe Festival, but... Um, August 10th, everybody that won, the two people that won the tickets via Law Tigers, America's Motorcycle Lawyers giveaway, they are uh, going to be honoring the Sacramento Mile. So that's happening August 10th, I believe, is the makeup date. So that's coming up in a couple weeks as well. So be stoked on that. And real quickly, before we go out here to some sound effects, uh, August 24th and 25th The Carnival of Speed Put on by the Sweet Talker Dirty Walker Brady Snocker Um, That's going to be at Willow Springs International Raceway. Two days of fun, uh, bikes, craziness, um, all that great stuff. It's going to be pretty amazing. Um, August 28th, bikes and burlesque at the Cobra Lounge in Chicago, Illinois. September 3rd. I am super excited for this one. It's a Ghostbiker Explorations interview. Jay, you have to be here. September 3rd. That's weeks away. You can... You can make this
1: Yeah, it should be good then
0: Yeah, and Spooky Spokes is coming up Which means uh, Perfect timing for Ghostbiker And you'll hear a little bit of stuff later in the show Um, We talk about maybe some stuff That we could do for Spooky Spokes So we'll see if we can actually pull it off Jay Listen, I'm going to mute you And guess what else I'm going to do Take us out to commercial break All right. (laughs) all right all right yeah tipperary rubber hey everybody this is nathan flats from flats tires reminding you to come on down and get everything you need for your bike we've got tires they're round they're made of rubber and we supply everything you need including valve stems the only thing you need to supply is the air that's right come down to flats tires we're on the corner of state street and first down in Epperton for over 125 and a half years no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than clobman pickles you want to win your race put a clobman pickle in your face clobman's guaranteed i'm mama clobman and i recommend clobman pickles for the win you heard mama in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clawman,
3: the only of Hey there, listeners! This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
1: You're listening to the Creative Riding Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good-looking.
0: pretty good looking, but uh, still, you're not the best looking. I mean, Nerissa's pretty good looking. Her husband's pretty good looking. Most of the people I know in Wisconsin, pretty good looking. But uh, the rest of you guys, you're not that good looking. Uh, so I'm here alone. I think Jay is off eating an edible real quick. Are you there, Jay?
1: I am here Oh, whoops. Still. You
0: are eating an edible. You were being so quiet I thought maybe I lost you for a second It's not like being here in the studio Where I can just look at you and know that I've lost you (laughs) It's like, we know that's Wiggins He's always looking at pictures of birthday cakes on his Instagram We definitely lose Wiggins every once in a while Um, Yeah Well, listen Jay, you had something that you brought up For this week's show Um, You're the maven You're the siren of safety (laughs) The mama. I feel like
1: that is a, a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not even a compliment at all.
0: You're the siren of safety, the maven of motorcycle
1: mashups.
0: Well, nah, let's not go there. <laughs> You're the uh, queen of. I'm trying to think of things that go with safety, but really, safety is safety. I mean. I can't think of a synonym for safety that starts with an M or a C that would be mashups and crashing. So let's not go there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you wanted to talk about safety.
1: Yeah. Well specifically I wanted I've been thinking a lot obviously about safety and you guys talked a little bit about that last week, but I was more thinking about bad habits that writers have. Um, Just because I've had a lot of time on my hands to think about like the accident that I was recently in and I always, whenever I've had accidents, I always try to like replay whatever I do have memory of and think about like what could I have done to have prevented it, what was stupid, what can I do next time to make sure this doesn't happen again Um, even in the times where it has been obviously been someone else's fault I always try to look at like could there have been something that I could have done to avoid it regardless yeah Um, but while thinking about that I was thinking about just bad habits that we as writers develop over time and how some of those bad habits can actually potentially be dangerous because you know if you're in an emergency situation uh, say you have to maneuver or whatever, if you don't have good habits developed, you know, you may just go back to that, whatever that habit is that you naturally have, and you might be hurting yourself, you know. So I've been trying to think about different things that I do on the motorcycle that are are bad habits that are not safe, that are like potentially, you know, risking, myself getting hurt because yeah. uh, i don't want to get hurt again <laughs> yeah for sure I, I, i've uh, i've been in enough accidents now and i've been lucky enough to be alive and to like pretty much be able to continue to ride despite the severity of some of the accidents so i'm very thankful that i've been able to learn lessons from each one of these accidents but i really 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 want to stop learning the lessons the hard way <laughs> Yeah, you know I'm, kinda, yeah. I'm getting older now I, I don't think my body can handle much more metal plates and screws inside of it I already have like a plate on my right leg and in my left arm and I have lots of scar tissue everywhere so I just want to make sure that you know I learn my lessons in my head and not on my body <laughs>
0: right uh, yeah and you know what and that's you and I had talked in your defense, again, last week, we didn't badmouth you as much as we could have. <laughs> but we also, it is true that, um, you know, I wish you were there last week. But also, we, afterward, you, you we texted a little bit and you were saying, you know what? Like, given the amount of actual, um, like, street time and miles ridden, You're Mm -hmm. actually not that bad. Like, if you take the average person and they're, like, say I crashed, like, in my first, I don't know, like, 7,000 miles of riding, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, most people do crash within their first year, and they crash within their, like, mile from home or something like that. Like, it's a really crazy statistic, right?
1: Both of which I've done.
0: Okay, right, right. And um, also... We, we, you know the, just, I'm guessing that that's within like the first like 1000 or 2000 or 3000 miles that they ride cuz m- most people only ride motorcycles, you know, 3 5000 miles a year or something like that. So how many miles have you done?
1: Well, yeah, that's why I, I did that was the only thing that I really did want like that I when I was yelling at my phone when I was listening to the podcast and you guys were uh you, you know were ripping on me. <laughs> you <laughs> is, were yelling um, at us? <laughs> No, but I I do want people to know that I have been riding since 2012 and I have almost I was trying to do the math across all of the different various different bikes that I've owned and ridden almost 75,000 miles under my belt.
0: Dude, that So there there are people that have ridden around the world, right around the globe and that have crashed uh way more than that. And yeah. yeah. I don't know. So,
1: and that's what I was trying to, like, I was, that's why I always try to tell people. I'm like, yeah, I have had three major crashes, and those are three more than I want to have. And um, I think if I would have had, I think the first one I definitely could have avoided. I think all of them, if I had done something different, I think could have been avoided, which is why I'm always trying to assess my skills and what what I'm doing, because it's easy to blame drivers but I don't want to be that person, you know, because, like, and this is where Wiggs was kind of saying it, and he said it in the past. Like, you can blame drivers all all you want all day long, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to wind up in the hospital, or you're the one who's going to wind up dead. So you need to take control over your life and take control over the motorcycle and be responsible for yourself, and I'm a firm believer in that.
0: Right, and whether the motorcycle – well, whether, whether it was your fault or not, he was saying the motorcycle um – Loses every time, yeah. even, even if yeah. like, if it's a friggin' like I was saying, a, a friggin' a frozen block of turds and urine from an airplane that happens to drop out and smashes the roof of your car or your motorcycle. Like that's totally not your fault, but you still lose. So yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. being out there in the open. We are more vulnerable, which is yeah. why I was riding. I-, I was riding around in the thong last week. It's true, it was hot. <laughs> it was hot, but that's not why I was doing it to prove that I could ride safely. In like the least amount of gear possible, because let's face it, uh, I I wanted to prove I had a point to prove. That thong yeah. was comfortable, really. To be honest, I mean, maybe that's why <laughs> I was really doing it. But um, yeah, I really. But yeah,
1: to, I mean, to go back to your uh, your original statement, like it is true. Like to have that many miles under my belt, and the thing is, is a lot of people don't see the countless times of accidents that I avoided because of the techniques that, like I've always said, I try to stay up on my techniques. I'm always trying to practice. Like after every time, um, we would record a podcast on my way home, I would spend about an hour just like practicing different wheelies. <coughs> and, wheelies. Yeah. I will, well, sometimes <laughs> wheelies. Yeah. Of course you got to keep it fun. <coughs> <Burnouts. laughs> but, um, you know, so because I always try to be aware there were so many instances that I had close calls that I was able to like just get out of because I was on top of it. Yeah. You know, which is why I kind of like beat myself up over this last one because when it happened, I was like, God damn it. You know, like not again. I was just, I was really mad at myself more than anything. I just feel like, and
0: you know what? Nobody, fact- nobody, regardless of their age or skill level, um, is immune. And I'm sure everybody's had close calls that they weren't expecting. And so, yeah, I totally – after you and I talked, I thought about it and I was like, you know, it's, it's the thing that the driverless car has. The driverless car right now has – Uh, a fear factor to it that people are going to don't want to even ride in them because they're going to get killed and they don't trust them. And look how many people have died in them when actually, I think there's been less than 10 deaths. I'm pulling that out because I can remember four. And so I'm going to add a few more to that and just say, I'm guessing that there's probably 10 um, including pedestrians and stuff. I'm not hundred percent sure what that number is, but I know driver drivers while driving, I can think of four right off the top of my head that are famous um now four people that's how many people died in one car accident this weekend that I saw on the news and mm. actually 30,000 people a year die human driving in human driven cars and uh per per million miles driven um driverless cars are like way better than people so you have to take those numbers and crunch them out kind of like you're saying miles driven versus other motorcyclists and we and we've all had close calls you know what i'm saying i'm sure everybody's had a close call but it's this irrational fear that as a human you have more control uh you know than a C- auto- computer program right and that's mm-hmm. a lot of the other guys were making I think Swigs and uh, MotoGP got back to me on my comments because we initially had like had an email when they had their safety guy on their show and I was like man this guy there's so many things you could do that uh, make this world better and eventually it's not even riding a motorcycle so you know and s- <laughs> like ultimately if you don't want to ever get hurt don't do it so mm-hmm. that's the thing is it like no Instead of that, why don't we just all dial it back? If, if cars and motorcycles only went um, 45 miles an hour tops, uh, I, there would be, I'm sure, a lot less deaths. And especially if people had to gear up the same as they do now. And uh, – well, actually, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people don't die going that fast. I have no idea. But um, – See, that's another thing. You can't just say stuff like that without quantitative <laughs> numbers. But the thing is, is what I'm saying is that, like, it's all – you make a better gear, you make a better thing, and people just push it that much further.
1: Well, I think I even said this on the podcast the back, like, six months ago when we were talking about, like, riding in the rain and stuff, where I was saying we need to make cars less safe because – that's why i think a yeah, lot of you accidents might have, yeah happen. you
0: might have said that yeah
1: like because so many there's so many safety features that people take it for granted they get in a car and they're like oh well i can just you know go up 120 miles per hour i got my airbags all this yeah. other stuff Yeah, and you know that then you're just thinking that you're more in this bubble versus if you were like literally just had like uh, <laughs> there's a picture that I have on my phone with this car. It has a steering wheel and it has like a switchblade that's pointed out <laughs> where the horn would be. You know, if we just Rad. put that in all of the cars, then I think people would you know take it a little bit more seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah heck yeah. Um, so yeah, I I basically. I agree with you 100,000% on that. And the more uh, stuff we integrate... I don't know. They did make a good point, the Moto uh, Nokomoto guys, saying that, you know, at least, like, if you had a collapsible motorcycle tank, like, we have crumple zones on cars, if you had those on bikes, t- uh, to take the impact and make it safer for the rider, at least it might minimize your recovery time. However, Jay, you ha- were in a minor accident. Your bike didn't even get totaled. I mean, you got a dent in the tank and a bent handlebars and maybe a smashed foot peg. And you're on the man for a little bit. I mean, you're not losing a leg or anything, but yeah. I mean, it's still a crumple. Yeah, it, I don't doesn't, know. it
1: doesn't take much. You know, yeah. I've learned all of my, all three accidents that I've had that I wound up in the hospital. All three were on city streets. All three were under 45 miles per hour. And all three involved broken bones. Um, and especially the second one. It was around 10 miles per hour. I was going, you know, I had a straightaway, a box truck made a left turn into a gap um, with backed up traffic. And I was in the right lane and they didn't see me and they T-boned me. And I learned very quickly why you don't wear sneakers on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Because my foot was impaled by my my peg. And never in a million years would I have ever thought that my foot could be impaled that way. You know, so it's just like, that's why, um, you know, yeah, for instance, when you guys are talking about high-vis stuff, like, yeah, that's not a bulletproof uh, protection, but it's any little thing that you can do is what i try to do nowadays like yeah. i'm definitely trying to do the most that i can because i've learned those lessons the hard way
0: yeah you know um now having said that you prepared a list of safety items or something like that, that oh uh, well no i was talking over. about
1: uh, uh well habits so going back to that um the the accident that i was involved in was a. Uh, Involving a left turn. So I was in the left turn lane. And so my question is, what do you as a motorcyclist do when you come up behind a car that's in the left turn lane? Um, And I kind of want to hear from the listeners, too, because I'm curious about how uh, other people's techniques. Because, And I was thinking, I was like, is this a bad habit that I didn't even realize that I have? Um, So what I have a tendency to do is when I get... Behind a vehicle that's going to make a left turn, when they start to initiate their turn, um, I pull up to them and I uh, off-center to the left. That way, I can see beyond the car in front of me, so I can see oncoming traffic. Yeah, and then, you don't you don't as, look
0: through or over them.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I try to look around or through the windshield if I can. Right, depending on the size of the car. Yeah, I mean, some of
0: those lifted trucks, you'd be looking, like, under
1: them. (laughs) Yeah, looking under, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so I'll I'll pull to the left of center um, of that car, and then as they start to initiate their turn, I will follow staggered kind of behind them, so they kind of shield me from the traffic, like the oncoming traffic, and then I just basically kind of, uh, you know, follow very closely behind them. And so then I was talking to one of my friends, and I was like, "Is that, that that's a bad habit, isn't it? Like, I shouldn't be doing that because um, you know, I you're know, like I tailgate
0: them right till the last minute, and then uh, pop a wheelie <laughs> into the back of them.
1: <laughs> well, see, what happened is just I think over time I just kind of started to like you know how like you try to convince yourself why you do things certain ways, and like you try to convince uh, yeah, yourself sure. why it's right. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my reasoning was like. That car in front of me is shielding me from oncoming traffic. So if that car gets hit, they're going to hit that car, and then I can, like, I'll see it or hear it happening, and then I can pop out of the way. That was always my thinking. And yeah. so...
0: Wait, 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 wait. So walk me through this again. I'm sorry, one more time. You're... So-
1: There's a car in front of me Uh that's going to be turning left, and I'm turning left at the same time, right? Uh, Like, they're in the same lane as me. Okay. And then they start to turn left, and I just basically, like you said, kind of tailgate, but I'm more to the left of them so that the oncoming traffic, if a car was, say, to run through that they would hit the tr- the car first and not me. You see what I'm saying? But
0: you would still be next to the car, so if they did slam into it, you would be... Yeah, it would
1: push me forward. But my reasoning was, I, I'm just assuming, this is an assumption, a false assumption on my part, is that I would have an out, and I would be able to save myself from getting swept up into that collision, which, thinking about it now, probably not possible.
0: Yeah, ultimately, you want to be on the right side, so you can well, go straight. Well, ultimately, if you, have you to.
1: want to like not be around that. You don't want to do make do that practice because yeah. from talking to people, and I got into this conversation with my girlfriend too, because she's like, "No, that's stupid. Why would you do that?" But for me, it made sense. I was like, "The car is shielding." me. I always thought that the car would would be shielding me yeah, from then oncoming traffic.
0: Imagine if they're getting slammed though, by a, a car coming toward them, like that's going to be yeah. terrible for you. You're going to get hit by two cars then.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So, and I think also I might have developed, and this kind of leads back to like how we develop bad habits as riders. I think that because my previous two accidents haven't been in, all of my accidents have involved left turns. I have, I have, I guess, kind of uh, anxiety around left turns, and so I think I just must have developed that habit out of fear of just being out exposed in the intersection as a motorcyclist, so I think I was using the car as kind of like, like I said, like a shield, and that was helping with my anxiety about the whole situation
0: yeah no and definitely here for me i think that you have a form of ptsd um from all these from all these crashes now you know
1: oh yeah most definitely i mean i still like i think i texted you guys i still have for especially after the second one i would wake up in cold sweats from just uh, having a nightmare of a car slamming into me. Right. And like my whole body just like seizing up. Um, and I mean, I still experience those nightmares even to this day. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't want to so make light of the situation, but I wake up in cold sweats when I put my sweats in the freezer. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Where's well, nice joke During
1: ever. the summertime, man.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, right now. Right now. If you were here, I would just be saying, listen, Jay, whoa killing myself there I'd be saying listen Jay I'm gonna go get us the cold sweats right now because it's hot as all get out um we're coming up on an hour already can you believe it uh, yeah. yeah man we're ripping ripping and gripping um what I want to do is take a quick break here and come back on the other side and talk to you about all the bullet points and stuff that you've made regarding uh being safer and uh all that great stuff what do you say uh, Okay. alright right back with creative smelly podcast i don't think i can mute you but i'm gonna mute myself what do you say must have muted her all right we'll be right back folks with uh, yeah stick around hey
4: creative riding listeners this is moto GP from the noco moto podcast the best motorcycle podcast that you've ever heard why haven't you heard of us i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i think the and pickle corporation has been paying itunes to repress any other motorcycle pickle related content and like our theme song barely even mentions pickles but whatever just give us a listen Hey there! This is Patron Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. I'm currently coming at you from Tokyo, and you're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to, and you really dig motorcycle haiku. Later. Hey, Creative Riding listeners, this is Moto GP from the Noco Moto Podcast, the best motorcycle podcast that you've never heard. Why haven't you heard of us? Whoa, whoa, I'm not whoa, whoa, a conspiracy whoa, 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 theorist, whoa, whoa, but... Whoa, that's embarrassing. Uh, we were supposed to have another ad drop in here, and, uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, whoopsie! Uh, let's get back to the conversation with, uh, Junkie, Jay, and Partiabros. Uh, we won't do this ever again. Sorry about that.
0: Jay, are you there? Oh, yeah, I am here. Dude. Did you hear that crazy voice? It's like you had a hype man for a while, and then it was like he came in and just saved the show from making a terrible mistake. Uh, I almost played the same ad twice, man. We got to get a better producer slash... Such
1: a professional over there.
0: Slash host, slash everything else that we try to do. Uh, also, this music brought to you by friend phone you jerks (laughs) yeah but you did hear in the background of that clobman pickle via nokomoto podcast uh ad that was arkansas crybaby playing cigarette for us there in the background speaking of one-man bands that jay and i were talking about earlier jay i'm going to give you a rad intro riff for your uh your motorcycle safety um, or bad habits segment you ready for this let me see if i can do it Sounds like cheesy. Well,
1: I'm headbanging over dude, here, dude.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much the worst uh, rock music I could come up with. But uh, it's all for you. It's all for you. I was gonna say, Jay's is bringing doo doo do, doo doo some red info doo 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 doo. But you know, I didn't have time to do all that before you called in. So instead, I just did it just now, and I want to hear all about your um, yeah bad habits. Like, what do you got? You got a little list there for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, well, I wanted to know: Do you have any bad habits?
0: Oh, I for sure have bad habits. Um, Hit the, me
1: with one of yours.
0: <sighs> one of my bad habits I used to be—I don't do it anymore because um, I've seen too many YouTube videos g- gunning it when the light turns green. I actually haven't—I <laughs> haven't done that in quite a while. Um, y- the last time I did that was. Uh, it's been over like a year or two years, maybe even three years. I have, I've, I've made that not a bad habit for a while. I've, I consciously, uh, after seeing so many videos of people, oh, well, and living in LA, you know how people Uh, run red uh, lights uh, here. So uh, yeah, I don't need that. So yeah, I, I made a conscious effort to not, um, as much as I used to love do it. And when I used to autocross that, you know, light to yeah. light. That was my like, I'm going to practice takeoffs, you know, in my autocross car. Uh, I would do that. And then one day I saw this old man, I just happened to be looking down. I used to do it on every light cause my friends and I used to drag race and autocross. And so that was like my practice. Right. And yep. one day I happened to be looking down, just enjoying some music and I look up in the light screen and I'm like, yeah. And just as I was taking my foot off the clutch and about to give some gas there, uh, an old dude in this like green, like 1971 Chevy C 10 or whatever the hell they used to be called back then, comes barreling through the intersection at at least 65. He saw the light changing like a quarter of a mile back, and he's like, I'm gonna get on the gas. I'm not missing this, baby. Like, I can't. <laughs> this truck won't slow down in a quarter mile. So what I'm gonna do is gas it here and hope that uh hope I make it. <laughs> and sure shit, he ran that red light by at least like a second and a half or two seconds well like i would have been in the middle of the intersection at you know had i like you know dropped the hammer right when the light turned green so that was a wake-up call and i thought about that over the years although sometimes i still do it on spamla i definitely look both ways before Mm -hmm. i even take off now when the light turns green i used to just floor it but yeah that was a bad habit
1: You know, once I got the when I got the banana, I I started developing that bad habit because that bike just has such great low end torque, and it was just so much fun to take off from the line. But same thing, I mean, especially commuting in downtown LA, it just I really had to just have such restraint because there were so many times like a yellow uh yellow light means that five cars are going to run the red light that's what if anyone doesn't live in los angeles if you come to los angeles on a motorcycle just beware that that's what a yellow light means it means that five cars that are sitting back there pissed off that they're not going to make it they will just force themselves through the intersection. Yeah. I've seen it. It just, it's guaranteed to happen.
0: Somebody told me, I think it was one of my brother's friends in Vegas said, yeah, you know what? Like when, when people move here to Las Vegas, we tell them as part of the like moving package, they did, They did, They dealt with a lot of um, Navy and uh, stuff like that. And whatever, like a lot of military people moving over there, they, they, would give them these like welcome to Vegas packet that had specifically in there, what to expect living in Vegas. And one of the main things was Vegas has a uh, really big wide streets that are sometimes like four and five lanes wide, just running through the city. Yep. And okay. shit, a lot of, a lot of states, other states don't even have highways that wide. <laughs> so you get people doing like 80 miles an hour. Plus it said right in there on red lights, expect four cars to go after the red. Yep has turned red. So don't go on a green. When your light turns green, wait because there's usually four cars. And it literally said that in their move, like welcome to Vegas uh, paperwork that they would give every every resident. Yeah. And it happens here in LA all the time. Here's another thing that happens in LA and another good reason not to, you know, shoot the uh, thread, the needle on the green, shoot the bull, shoot the cannon. Um, What happens is uh, like I do this in my car too. There are no left turn lanes, arrows in LA, except for Mm -hmm. like super designated and super busy intersections. So if you're not in one of those like super, super busy intersections, it's yield. So what'll happen, you'll get three cars pulling into the intersection waiting to go while LA traffic (laughs) is going by. And there's like, you know, there's eight cars queued up to turn left, but five of them are in the intersection. And you know when those guys go? when the light turns red and everybody else yep. stops because nobody else stops until it's red. When it's yellow, people are still like, eh, yeah, it's not red. So as soon as it turns red, then those five cars that have been waiting out there to turn left in the intersection, finally friggin' turn. So you, you know,
1: well, it's messed up because, and I, I was talking to some friends recently, like, I don't, what, what do we got to do to start a petition or what to get this to change? Because it's, I can understand why a lot of drivers would be pissed off. Cause when I've been in the truck, And I've been at some of these lights, and I've sat there, and literally only one car can honestly only make it legally. Like, I've literally sat behind 20 cars, and if everyone's not being an asshole, then one car at a time can only really make it.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's true. That's the thing is that's why there's three in the intersection because they know once that one car starts going, they – just follow you know they they go too because you can't stay out there in the intersection or the other traffic can't go crosswise so that's why you you inch out you know that one guy and it's usually old people or like people that are a little little street shy that don't um. creep out into the intersection. They wait there at the line and you know, the people behind them are just like,
1: Fudge! Oh yeah. They'll, they, they I, I've seen people like literally get pissed off because you, they, they know
0: they're never going to go because yeah. you have to be out in the intersection to turn. So Yeah. They're they're like, dude, this is one of those people that just sits here and actually waits for the the turn to go. So, yeah, that's a bad habit going on on green. Um, I I quit doing it a few years ago, and I'm alive because of it probably. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, number two, what you got there? Or what about you? You throw me a bad habit that you got.
1: Um, well, I have another one that is, I'm not sure if it's a bad habit.
0: All right. That's it's all the time we like, got on this week's show. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
1: I, because it depends on who you ask. Because I've heard a lot, of, it's listening to music in your headset. Hmm. I've heard a lot of people say, absolutely not. Do not listen to music. That's distracting. It You know, you can't pay attention. But then, like, on the other hand, I was talking to my girlfriend, and and I'm more on this side of things, where she listens to music because it helps her focus. Because for her, and same for me, like, I can get a bit ADD, and so then I get kind of distracted, and if I have that music kind of just playing in the background, it gives me something to single-minded focus on. But at the same, on the other hand, there's been times where I'm splitting, especially during rush hour traffic on the freeway, and I will just turn it all the way down because I need to focus. So, I don't know. I've been trying to consider. I don't think I could ever ride without having music, but I definitely have begun to regulate it more so that it's not as as distracting.
0: Yeah, that's a weird one. See, I don't think that that necessarily has anything to do with safety because if you think about in your in cars, like, Who rides around in complete silence in a car?
1: Yeah. Well, actually I have a story about that because when I first moved to Long Beach, I was on my Harley and that had loud pipes and I was coming home. I was literally just one block away from my house and, um, I was approaching the intersection. I had my headset with my headset and I'm kind of halfway deaf. Anyways, I have really bad hearing. I have like 30% hearing loss as it is due to other factors, um, And so, my headset's usually all the way up, and I was approaching the intersection, and I almost got T-boned by a massive fire truck because I didn't hear it. And so, that was... Were you
0: listening to music at the time?
1: Yeah, I was listening to music. And so, I had a green light. Was it...
0: Uh, what's it? What's that famous band from L.A.? It was LA?
1: German. It was a uh, German industrial music.
0: Oh my God! Was it? uh, Ram, well,
1: that, uh Ramstein. Yeah, Ramstein. You what were listening to Du Hast, Du Hast Mist,
0: <laughs> Du Hast Gesagt.
1: Yeah, I was listening to Norwegian metal.
0: Oh my god! Just
1: Blasted all the way up, you know. Because I was going to say there
0: are a lot of Motley Crue. That's the band I was trying to think of. <laughs> there's a lot of Motley Crue songs that have false like alarms and stuff. Oh, Whee- I hate
1: those. Yep. And the guitars kind of sound. Those songs. So yeah. listen,
0: you could get confused. Oh, that was just uh, sirens on the song, and then yeah. yeah. Rid- but that
1: that was one time where I it was it a oh shit
0: I, moment. Like, was it that bad?
1: Yes, really? It was literally maybe eight or ten feet um i had in, uh when i entered the intersection i saw the lights and my peripheral vision i saw them on my right side and i was like okay i can't stop or they're gonna peg me so i just gunned it at that point but it was extremely close and it was definitely one of those moments where i was like okay i need to maybe keep my music a little bit lower because on top of having the loud pipes it just totally drowned out the sound of the siren yeah well, that's
0: uh, yeah, I mean, safety at that point. I know uh, for sure, even in cars, it'll tell you like in most handbooks and stuff, you can't listen, you know, listen. That's why they don't want you to listen to loud music over a certain decibel. They don't want yeah. your car to be over a certain decibel is because not only for other people's ears, but for the safety factor that, yeah, you need to be able to hear sirens from X uh, blocks away, and if you can't, yeah, then you can get a ticket for it if you don't yield because you couldn't even hear. Yeah. Or so. if they hear you blasting loud music. See, that's the thing in a helmet. They, if, if I heard your helmet, if your speakers, I mean, in your helmet, I would definitely pull you over because then <laughs> that means something's wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I usually have the volume all the way up, and my I have some hearing loss plus at the time I was on the Harley, which had really loud pipes. So I think it was just kind of like a trifecta of all of yeah. those factors. And yeah. the, the fire truck was just, you know, how they're, they're supposed to stop at those intersections when it's um red for them and this one wasn't like they were just barreling through. Listen so I got listen, really
0: lucky. You got a moment. motorcyclist with a small person on it versus like a family of four in a code nine house fire. I think you're just gonna run over the motorcyclist, you know what I'm saying? I mean I don't wanna yeah,
1: it's a I don't want to put uh,
0: yeah <laughs> there you gotta make some <laughs> Collateral there. damage. Exactly. That's exactly. That's a good... Uh, yeah, that was a great movie, by the way, starring uh, Jay, Jay and the banana. Uh, or Jay and the Harley. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, ask me what another one is that I have.
1: Yeah, so what else? What other terrible things are you doing on the motorcycle? I don't...
0: None. I'm perfect <laughs> in every way. Uh, actually, here's one bad habit that I have. Um, let me see. Would this apply to everyone? Nah. I mean, I don't know. The thing I do as I get a false sense of security. I guess that's a bad habit. I get a false sense of security from the gear I do wear. I'm sure if I fell, my foot would get smashed. Like yeah. these Icon shoes that uh Wiggins gave me, they are super great and they're comfy and they feel sturdy, but in a in a freeway pardon me, in a freeway crash, what's going to happen to them? Same thing with the TCX um boots that I have that are like they're not racing boots, but they're, like, riding boots with, like, a steel shank in the, you know, in the bottom and blah, 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 blah. They feel really stiff. They got all this toe box protection to try and keep your toes from getting crushed. But ultimately, like, how good are those? Like, my feet well, are it's I mean, still going to hurt.
1: I think I have experience to speak on this. As someone who's had foot injuries, uh, wearing sneakers and then boots, I definitely have, I mean – there is something to say about a, a shoe that has added protection. I've never ridden and like moto, motorcycle boots, but I do know that when I rode in the sneakers versus the leather, uh, Doc Martens that I was riding in in the last accident, you can tell that it did like it didn't pierce all the way through the leather. Yeah. So even just the leather itself, that extra layer, and plus I had heavy duty pants on which, you know, went over the boots where I, um, where the bumper struck my leg, just that little bit of protection, you, you really, it just those little things do make a difference, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people who don't ride, especially these guys on the sport bikes during the summertime who are just squid. And now like,
0: it's not oh, just, I mean, the I
1: pictures s- of road rash that I've yeah. seen recently, it's just, Oh, yeah. And so I any see it little all the, bit does
0: help. I see it all the time, especially with the weather, the way that it's been recently. I see lots of um, t-shirts and khaki pants, or t-shirts and shorts on the Harley, on the sport bike. It doesn't matter. I've seen it all over. Then the other day, I seen a dude like on a versus 300, and another guy that was like on a Tiger or something, fully arrow stitched and like fully. I was like, man, that's the way to go. I have to dress like that anyway to keep the sun off me, or else my mm-hmm. uh, extremely sensitive hundred year, hundred and forty year old um, see-through skin <laughs> will basically evaporate. And yeah, it's interesting. Um, it keeps the sun off you. Plus, if it's got D three O inside there all over, like you're pretty okay. Again. Yeah,
1: I mean, I know, like, what you were saying last week, I get I get what you're saying where you ride, you feel like you can ride a little bit faster, but I think the key thing is, is you just have to understand there are limitations, and just because you do have that gear doesn't give you just carte launch to ride like a freaking maniac, but I'm such, I'm really stubborn, and I'm lucky to be alive now because... I used to like. I used to ride the Harley with fingerless gloves and just like a leather vest, Ugh. you know, and all black and all of that stuff. And I'm lucky I didn't lose any fingers in some of the accidents I've had just because, um, you know, it doesn't take much skin. I've really learned how fragile skin <laughs> is skin. and bones, you know. And yeah. so over the years, I've slowly just been stepping it up, just trying to wear more and more stuff. And with this last accident, like that I don't have like I have lost about five seconds of memory between the impact and like right before the impact. So I'm not sure quite what happened at that point. But somebody told me that they're like I was thrown off of the bike like ten feet.
2: Yeah. So I'm like you I'm were... happy
1: I didn't break my arm, you know, yeah. and thankfully I had my my um my jacket with my gear in it. Uh so and ironically I was not wearing my high vis vest. Yeah. So,
0: but uh, you, yeah, I don't know if it's uh, public knowledge, all the uh, facts of your thing, so we'll keep it quiet for now. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you wanted to go into great detail about it, but I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just yeah, well, that's say,
1: all I can say. I mean, there's nothing else much yeah, to say about yeah.
0: that um, What's another one? Well, actually, ask me another one.
1: Uh, what, what's another? Well, did I? I thought it was my turn. Oh, yeah, did yeah dinners. it
0: is. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I think a good one, and this is one that I'm guilty of doing in the past. I think I've gotten better at it. Um, they posted it, a uh, post recently on CA Motorcyclist Down. I think I sent this to you where a guy is lane splitting and there's a car. I don't know what, I like, think they were like a little bit close I think to he him. Did. Yeah,
0: he. Fe- I think he felt like they crowded him.
1: Yeah, and he, like, almost clips them, and so he goes to look back, like a what-the-fuck moment, and then all you see is, like, one second later, he looks forward, and boom, like, just basically side swipes, like, two or three cars.
0: Yeah, it was, Uh, it was, uh, he hit the back of one, and he hit it so hard that the taillight busted out and came with him, his uh knee... His knee impacted the back of it. It didn't like it. look like it hurt his Ducati Scrambler that bad. But oh, is
1: that what the – I, I yeah. saw the yellow. I, I thought it was a Yamaha. No, it was, uh, it was it a was Ducati a, uh.
0: Scrambler. And it looked like that thing glanced off the car because his leg is what hit it and, like, right. drug down the side of it. And you just see his
1: arm is just, like, slumped over the tank.
0: yeah and pieces of the taillight came with him on a little quick ride up to the front of the car, and he gets off the car, and he doesn't seem that jacked up at the time, but, yeah, the picture shows that his knee got pretty yeah. mangled. I'm assuming he just had jeans on. That's the thing. The, the stuff that I wear under my knee or under my pants... Is I took out the D3O armor that's in the pants that um, came like stock with them. Even though there's Kevlar in the knee, which is great, you know, and if it goes through the Kevlar, it'll also have to go through my um, racing. Uh, like I basically got like uh, plastic shin guards with also padding and an armor like in them, mm-hmm. and they go over the knee too. Like my knees are like the worst part of my body. I'm so afraid of like my knees getting jacked, oh, and. Yeah. Not fun, yeah, and so that's where the protection covers my knee and my shin. And I bang my shin like on all sorts of stuff all the time. Like my shins are so vulnerable, even just around my house, but also on my pegs, like at stoplights and stuff. I tend to like sometimes the bike will roll back and I'll oh, I'll stop it with my leg. Well, some days I forget, I don't have my stupid (laughs) shin guards in, and bam! So I you know, I usually try to wear those, but that's the false sense of security that I'm talking about, too. Like, who knows? I've never had to test them out, so who knows if they'll just, like, blow apart and take my leg with them or not. hmm So.
1: But, yeah, so, like, Don't I, look I, back.
0: Is like, yeah, the... Yeah, well,
1: that's the thing is, like, I am guilty of this. I've done this, especially being on the bike so frequently in Los Angeles and dealing with so many stupid people on the road. <laughs> I the deal as a newer writer i i would always be like kind of getting in in my emotions which is the thing that you're always told not to do is don't like react don't get involved in and and just being like like what the hell is this person's problem why are they doing this why are they doing that and there have been times where i have looked back at someone like what the hell and almost rear-ended somebody so i definitely know that it's a bad habit it's like an impulse because especially if someone's being an idiot um yeah. and you go past them. You wanna like express something, but you you gotta not do I don't, that.
0: That I know, that's the one thing. I'm such I mean, I get pissed off when people do stuff too. But my thing is that like uh once in a while I might raise my hand, like what the hell? But I never quit looking forward. <laughs> Uh, but I might uh-huh. raise it like, what the hell, or or if they or if it affected me and like a bunch of drivers around me, I might like point at the person like, hey, you, yep. you just did this to all of us or something like that. Like, I hope you know it. But I've never like wagged my finger or flip them off. I don't want to. I don't want to encourage them. My whole thing is like, and it, and it's usually stuff that happens in front of me. I, if I've only ever done that, it's not like I do that all the time. Like once in a while I'll point or shake my fist or something. It's been like, you know, once every five years that I have something's actually happened for me to do that. The Mm -hmm. biggest thing is that when somebody's doing like that, like you're saying, they do something stupid. I get around them and I get the hell out of there. Like I never look back because I'm always focused too much on the next a-hole coming up in front of me. See,
1: that's the smart and safe way to do it. Yeah. I'm on the other side of that because I'm stupid. And you got to like, like <laughs> let them know.
0: You got to give I, them your two yeah, cents.
1: It's, uh, you know, it's an impulse of mine. That, that's such a bad habit of mine yeah. is constantly like, I don't know how many times I've told stories on the podcast where I'm like, I flip people off and like, you know, I've yeah. gotten you into sh- sticky you, situations. Yeah, you I, showed, I, showed me some terrible. sticky
0: situation videos before where yes, you had some people, I, uh, let's just say... I, chasing you down
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a good example for that and i admit it and it's totally a character flaw and it's something that i'm working on but like i think i mentioned the one time where i had like this uh uh it was right when i pulled out from where i live and then someone almost merged into me and then um i was reacting to them and then the light was red and i was going to split and i just basically did like a ping pong yeah in between two vehicles and again that was something that could have been prevented if i hadn't been focused on letting my emotions get the best of me yeah. and reacting to that person. Because you know, then you ping doing... pong
0: between two people that didn't even do anything exactly. To you. Yeah.
1: And thankfully that wasn't anything serious. No one was hurt. But again, it's just the habit of that I have of like emotionally responding to those situations. Yeah. I'm just really have to learn to just let it go and do like what you said. Just focus on going yeah. forward.
0: Dude, I focus leave it on, behind you. Yeah. Cause you got to focus on the next Wahoo and it might be a motorcyclist, you know, you never know. Like, but yeah, you got to focus on like what's coming in front of you, especially splitting. Like there's people that split yeah. real, I've split really fast before. Um, and I felt crazy when I was doing it. Cause I knew I was like, Oh dude, at any second, like one of these Wahoos could pull over in front of me, because people don't obey the carpooling laws out here either. If there's a lot of traffic, okay. people will get get over, cross the double yellows to um, get in or out of the lane, and so I'm. That's I see it happen all the time in front of me, but of course I'm not there. And then when I get, and so I'm going slow enough to see it, because I like I say, splitting fast. Like mm-hmm. I always, whenever I was, whenever I am splitting fast, I'm always thinking like. Um, it's not if, but when, like something's going right. to, something will happen to me if I keep doing this. And so I, I don't know. I guess I'm really good at like not letting my emotions get to me and not looking back, always looking forward and just thinking like recognizing, Hey, I am splitting pretty damn fast. And if it's, uh, I mean, if all the traffic's moving at that speed and, and then it's only relatively fast, like I'm, I'm not splitting relatively fast to the flow of traffic, but if traffic's like damn near stopped and I'm doing like, 40 Mm -hmm. in between cars like yeah that's yeah well that
1: actually brings up two um bad habits that i wanted to mention is um one and this is something that i had to really i trained had to train out of myself really quickly when i started commuting from long beach is um when you're splitting depend even depending if you're going fast or slow is not sweeping your vision back and forth and I remember when I first started riding, I saw a sport bike guy kind of, like, moving his head back and forth. And I was like, what? That guy looks so stupid. Like, what the hell is he doing? And until I started commuting frequently long distance, I was like, oh, I get it now. Because you never, like you said, you never know who's going to jump in front. who Someone's going to do something stupid. There's going to be something on the road, whatever. Um, so always sweeping back and forth. And then the, the second one, which is I've done think twice and I hate to admit it but I've almost cut a rider off when I went to split into the far left lane
2: oh yeah
1: because I didn't take enough time to look behind me
0: yeah and
1: that's a really big one for motorcyclists because that's something that we do to other (laughs) motorcyclists
0: yeah that was a point I was gonna make is like I the only time I ever look behind me is when I'm checking my blind spots to make sure it's safe to get into another lane and that's like sure motorcycle mirrors are great but let's face it they're you're already out there in the open air why not just move your head a little bit so that is the one yeah. time where i will if it's not blatant in my mirror that hey there's somebody there then i'll check to make sure there's nobody there and especially because y- y- motorcyclers are so fast when you're getting mm-hmm. onto the freeway, you can get on and get over to that fast lane way faster than any car because you can fit in between them. And in California here, we can share the lane. Um, so, yeah, you can get over there really quick. And so zipping on over, I always do check that. And that's the f- one thing when I'm about to split, that is the one thing I check. I'm so uh, conscious of that. Like I don't want to be like jumping in right when there's like a, a – bunch Mm -hmm. of bikes coming down the thing and like we we're the buffoons now like there's four bikes down because one idiot didn't look before he got in but yeah no it's easy I mean it's easy to when you're in a hurry and when you're commuting and in a um, situation because see this whole conversation we're having right now I feel like is based on what you shouldn't do in typical situations and it's really hard for me to talk to you about this because I know that you're not in a typical situation. You've had a lot of um, here. One thing I'll say before uh, we go on any further too, is that when you don't, uh, when you are commuting all the time and when you are used to this crazy traffic because when I was down by your house, oh my god, I was so vigilant. I felt like it, it is. I was like, no wonder she got hit like down here. Traffic is pretty crazy. So I was super vigilant, you know what I mean? And I was like giving cars like a three or four second following distance, you know, like I didn't want to get me. And, and then other cars are like, oh, I'm going to get in that space. So I just back off again. I was riding kind of like a grandpa just because I was like, dude, it's nuts. And if you don't ride like a grandpa, you're (laughs) gonna get in Uh a crash right and so yeah it is pretty nuts down there so the context that we're talking in for you is that uh you ride in some pretty sketchy situations so it is a little bit different than like your typical what you might see in a training video riding you know what i mean
1: yeah and -hmm. i think also the the drawback for me um especially with the one T-bone that I had where I, I wasn't hurt, but I was on the Harley and it was by my house. So I posted the video on Instagram. Is do, Being in that, even though it's kind of crazy, I kind of got used to it. And so I would slip into sort of a comfort zone, and that's when things would start to get sketched because then I stopped being like that vigilant Like, for you, you're saying it's vigilant because, like, you're so hyper – it's so raw and you're aware of it. And after a while, I just started to get kind of –
0: Yeah, complacent.
1: Yeah, complacent, just used to it. And so I was skilled. Like, I was able to, like, manage it. So I think I did – I'm not saying I didn't have any level of skill, but I was, you know, hurting myself in the long run because then I wasn't being as vigilant as I should be on the constant you know, and well, the,
0: the next thing that was uh, the next thing I was going to mention is because I know you're in a different situation is that compared, like, the Coast Guard did a study because they were losing a lot of pilots and stuff like that. And they couldn't, they did a study to find out why. Most pilots were dying on non operative missions and practice runs and just transfer flights. Like, yeah, we need to bring this chopper from here to this base to this other base. And one, the one I read, was it like yeah these uh I even mentioned it on the show like one of the very first episodes about complacency the um you know, these guys were riding or uh, flying their chopper just from transferring to base to base or to go get fuel or something. And they're coming back and there's some kids on the ground. So they're waving at the kids and the families down below didn't look for some power lines and smashed right into some power lines and they all died. And it's like, they would have never done that on a mission. On a mission, you're so focused and you're, and like you're saying, it's so raw and you're so vigilant that there's hardly ever any, um, any casualties during a mission even when you're against like enemy troops but uh and even then like it's they got shot down you know what i'm saying but it's never operator error self-error or acts quote accident but when they're on these other they're like why are this all this stuff happening and they're finding out it's because yeah when you're so confident at something there's actually Mm -hmm. a point where you become complacent and you're not vigilant just in your everyday thing, and that's I think why a lot of accidents happen a mile away from home when you're not geared up because you think you're just going to run to the grocery store or the corner store, and boom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's because of that stuff like that, you know? Yeah,
1: and I think one of the things because I, like I've said before, I've taken um, a, a couple of the MSF safety riding courses, which I highly recommend. I think all riders should take them. And one of the the striking things that I took away. From I think it was, I don't remember if it was the first or the second one, but they were saying, like, the, the number of accidents based on age and then um, length of time riding, like, as far as experience level. And, like, so younger people are more likely to get into a crash. But then, like, after about five or six years, I believe, something like that, don't quote me on the numbers, there was another spike, because you start to get used to just writing, you know, you start, like you said, you start to feel like, Oh, you know, I got this uh, under control. And so then that's where, um, things start to, to happen. The intermediate,
0: yeah. The intermediate spike happens probably. And yeah, you get into all sorts of stuff there. Yeah. That's interesting to think about because, um, I've never taken an advanced writer course, but I did, I did take just like a it wasn't even like the basic rider course because we didn't get like a certificate to take to the DMV. But I took this one just like riding motorcycles course, you know, Passed it, crashed right after like the week after. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, my God, because like, yeah, you weren't ready, you know, like Um and then I don't know. I haven't I have been hit by a car, but um I haven't crashed, crashed after. But also. Uh, I'm not one of those people that goes out and like th- th- thinks, like, yeah, or or sells my bike and gets a new bike and's like, yeah, now I'm gonna go rip this, you know what I'm saying? Like, that might, I wonder if that's why there's a spike too. I wonder if they can correlate it to, like, you know, you're going from your 250 or 300 cc or a 650 up to a thousand, you know, or you're going from the mm-hmm. 3000 to six or a 300 to 650. I wonder if they can, like, if they did any of those correlations or if they just went like by crash numbers and this person crashed, you know, if they just did that, because that would be interesting to see if that's what it is. Like you're kind of like learning again, you know what I mean? Or, Uh or you feel overconfident and you get a, better performing machine and you basically just out yeah
1: well it. i mean just as an anecdotal example when i i traded in my 883 um sportster and got the 1200 and just the pulling out of the dealership parking lot i wasn't used to the throttle response and even though yeah. it's not that much of a bump but i almost like got into an accident just leaving the damn dealership Did you a know coolie
0: out the highway. <laughs> <driveway. laughs>
1: Well, just because, you know, I saw some cars coming and then I just like hit the throttle and it's just like, oh, I was lucky. You know, it was a very close call, but just even then, you know, I think that there Le- was still, there is a learning curve. It's
0: like, like Ashley says, did you have to hit the throttle? Couldn't I- you have <laughs> just like rolled on slowly? or you, just waited? Yeah.
1: I, 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 uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's
1: pretty much me every time I get on the bike. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, uh. I don't know. That um it is funny to hear you say that. You've mentioned that a few times now. I was like, yeah. I just <laughs> I got on it and I couldn't help but turn the throttle all the way to the Yeah, I'm am
1: like I said, I'm a bit I'm a bit of a squid <laughs> and I'm trying to manage it. I'm trying to get better in my old age. Hey, I'm was, lucky I survived this Yeah. The best part. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that all of your bad habits?
1: Um I think the I think that's all I had on the list. Okay, because I, I,
0: I have a question. Uh, yeah. Being sort of a squid, do you think people can outgrow them? Or do you think that, like, do you think people
1: I think people ride matured. long enough?
0: Yeah, you think people, I think ride, people ride long matured. enough to I
1: know I, for a fact, have matured. Because I know it, it was kind of eye-opening the day where one time my girlfriend, um, we were just talking about motorcycle stuff as usual, and then she had said something about, I was talking about my riding, and she's like, yeah, you know, I've noticed you're not really as crazy as you used to be. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) Like, so I think over time, I have been trying to regulate myself. And I've said this before, like, I care about my girlfriend. I don't want her to have to deal. I hate that she has to deal with the aftermath of this current accident. I feel really guilty about it, you know, and I wouldn't want her to deal with anything more serious. And so Having that in my brain, you know, when I do get back on that motorcycle, I, I'm already planning on taking a refresher course on safety riding um, and just really just managing it to the best of my ability. I, I love the thrill of being on the motorcycle and kind of like being a little bit, a little bit crazy. And I think that's how I I just have that in my personality, like I don't think I'm ever going to be an old grandpa writer. I don't think I'm capable of that.
0: I but... do it all the time. <laughs> trust me, it's more fun than people do make it. A...
1: But I can regulate my behavior to some degree. So yeah. I definitely do think that people can mature, and I'm just I'm just slow. I'm just slow at like learning those lessons. Yeah,
0: it takes it takes a few more crashes than normal to. <laughs> Sink in. <laughs> However, you do, like we we're saying, you do ride in some pretty adverse uh, conditions and your miles traveled versus accidents is actually not too shabby. I listened to another show uh, once in a while where people travel around the world and they're traveling like on these 70,000 mile trips. Some of them have made it unscathed, but most of them have, if not a crash, some sort of issue. So, I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's just, it's just the more miles you put the more you are i don't know not destined to have a crash but the more better your odds are yeah (laughs) and i mean
1: honestly like kind of going back to what you said about having ptsd i mean to be really brutally honest and like this is not something i even want to admit as a writer but like I am anxious about, like, if I have to go back to commuting my old job. Like, I really am anxious about that, and I have been considering, like, working somewhere closer to home just because I don't know mentally, you know, I'm still processing that anxiety. Yeah.
0: Like no, I get uh, it, and I would be too. I mean, yeah, I totally think you probably have, like, a little uh, traumatic... Um... I don't know at least if you're getting if you're getting panic attacks, even if you have a little anxiety or nervous feelings about it, then, yeah, that's definitely it's yeah. affected you.
1: Well, see, I think my problem is, is what happens is I overcompensate because I'll have panic attacks when I'm not on the motorcycle. But then what happens is when I get on the bike, then I just go the complete opposite. Yeah. You know, and then I'm just like trying to overcompensate for that anxiety and just be like, "No, I don't have any fear. I'm fucking, you know, I'm Superman." And then that's dangerous too. Yeah. You know, so it's just I'm still trying to find that middle ground where I don't don't necessarily overcompensate, but then I also don't I can't ride with anxiety. Like that's also extremely dangerous as well. So
0: I'm going to say this. I'm going to say what you need to do is to get on your motorcycle, go out with your motorcycle into the garage alone, private, maybe even in the dark, take a couple candles, and you need to commune with that motorcycle and take the anxiety and and, uh, PTSD, like all the stress with you Mm -hmm. and realize that you overcompensate in another way on the other side of that, and just sit down there with your motorcycle and let it all sink in until you meld into the middle perfectly, (laughs) hopefully. What do you think of that?
1: I feel like uh, this is like a Tony Robbins moment. That's your hippie tip for the day.
0: (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. I don't know because yeah, I
1: think, I think that's good advice. I mean, I slowly have been, I, I kind of did something like that recently when I'm, I put the foot peg on the bike and I was just yeah. thinking about like, you know, when I get back on the road and, and I, I, I know be, you
0: so. love that bike so much and you've been thinking about it all a lot. And so you just need to become one with that thing and realize that not every RPM has to be the top one the highest one (laughs) (laughs) and not every mile per hour has to be the fastest one and i'm sure you well see
1: that's the uh, the thing though is like all of the times where i've done crazy shit like that i never had those accidents well because you were hyper
0: vigilant (laughs) 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 that's like we're saying with the coast guard thing so
1: it's like i've always i've gotten away unscathed doing some crazy stuff and it's always been the ones that are dude
0: i wouldn't go out and try and pop a wheelie or race a race or something if i oh man maybe i just go try this real quick you know like (laughs) i would be like okay dude this is exactly what i'm going to do like think about it in my head first and then try and execute that plan like yeah when you're out just moseying around
1: no you know what i think i just had an epiphany it's left turns i think the universe is telling me Never to make a left turn ever again. What is I'm what the what the
0: facts right. what the facts and the past are telling you is that you're very bad at left turns, and that would be the one thing that you maybe need to do twenty thousand times more not than just, right turns.
1: The ninety percent of them were people making left turns in front of me, and then the ten percent was oh, me I making see. left turns. So, so left turns I think it's general. just left turns in general. I'm not. They're bad luck for me. What we Whether need to I'm do. I'm doing it, or someone else is doing it. They're need, just bad.
0: <laughs> listen, we need to realize that what we said earlier is this is Los Angeles, and left turns are basically non existent, so that everyone's going to be bogarting for a left turn here, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be jonesing for a left turn and they're totally going to bogart it when they actually do it and not give anybody else a second thought. So yeah, yeah. I'm just never
1: going to make a left turn again. And so if I'm ever on a ride, <laughs> a group ride, the people are going to be like, where did Jay go? Yeah. <laughs> See me like a mile down the road. Cause I'm like, Oh, you guys I had to make a couple right turns to catch up with you.
0: Yeah. Like a UPS driver. <laughs> what do you drive for UPS? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're basically in this, in this, uh, left turn hell together and we all need to be looking out for each other. Please look out for motorcyclists while you're driving. I know a lot of you out there ride or at least snowmobile in the uh, wintertime because it's pretty cold where you get, but, uh, when bikes start coming out in the springtime, look for them. They're almost like deer. And mm-hmm. they do last until the fall, just like deer. So, and just don't shoot motorcyclists. That's the last thing I was going to say. One more bad habit. Don't spit in uh, a close-faced visor. <laughs> don't or spit where? In your helmet. Oh,
1: like, yeah. Like don't try don't to hock Yeah,
0: or sneeze <laughs> or cough or anything. Yeah. That's, that's a very bad habit. The inside of your helmet must look disgusting if you do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hey. We're coming up on an hour and 46 minutes. We got an interview with Brian G coming up that's going to take up the rest of the show. So me and Jay are going to pop out of here. But listen, if you want to support Jay, Jay, do you have an Etsy shop? You should make an Etsy shop.
1: I, once I get the prints, I will set up an Etsy shop. Jay, get the prints.
0: You know, you've told me you're going to get the prints a thousand times, and guess what? Yeah,
1: well, it costs like $1,000. I, so. <laughs> I know. I know.
0: I'm sorry to say it like that because I, I know if, if somebody were like, hey, dude, you need to do this, I'd be like, listen, yeah.
1: If anyone wants to donate $1,000 to get me on the, the, the good foot to get that started, I would gladly take that. Listen, but I'm working my way up there. Here's so. what
0: you need to do. Instead of getting those ice creams that you get, although I'm all for that you should be able to do the things you love and afford the things you love and live your dream. I'm saying make a short term commitment, put all those ice cream monies in some sort of like under your pillow or wherever you keep your money. You guys probably keep your money in your helmets because you guys all, you think about as motorcycles. But what you do is you just stuff it in there before you know it. You're just like, hey, man, better check the helmet. Oh, my God, I have 12,000 bucks. But (laughs) knowing knowing you, you, you'd buy a new bike.
1: I've been saving all of my nickels and pennies and dimes, and I'm sure I have at least $200 there. Yeah. So
0: I'm buy save those. make one print sell it for 500 dollars, and just keep doing that every time go. and pretty soon you'll have your thousand bucks that you can make a bunch of little prints with um on that note uh, jay and i are going to bounce out of here if you want to connect with jay and get some artwork and support her bills um you can go to the underscore flying banana on instagram Yeah, and don't go back in time and listen to the other ones I said because they're probably wrong because you can edit your name in Instagram. (laughs) Um, If you want to check out Wigs, and Wigs, I hope your dog, I hope your pupper is feeling better. I probably will have talked to you by now in real life um, by then. Um, But, uh, yeah, I hope your pup is feeling better, and I hope she makes a speedy recovery, Um, and we'll see you next week on the show. And um, if you want to check out his good stuff, give him a shout-out. Tell Wigs that you hope his dog feels uh, better. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, everything is turned around. And we're not giving him, like, RIP to the dog. But it's a uh, Wig09 on Instagram. And also check out Field Initiative Knives on Instagram. All you folks out there that are waiting for the Sacramento Mile, um, give us a call. On Well, give us a call. But also email us and let us know how it was. You can give us a call at seven four zero five six three two eight five eight. Ask for Jay and <laughs> leave her a funky <laughs> message, and uh, or some well wishes or whatnot. So yeah, you can call us there. You can also um, email the show anytime and. I know it's a little early. I know I'm throwing my uh, Christmas presents out here at the, or the Christmas decorations out here when it's still Easter, but Spooky Spokes is just around the corner. It's in October, which doesn't f- feel like it's even remotely close, but check your calendars, and guess what? It's August coming up
1: sooner than yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: August and September is all that needs to happen between now and October, so uh, a quick couple more months of riding, and we'll already be... One of my favorite times of year, Spooky Spokes. So, yeah, and I'm super excited to talk to uh, Miranda from Ghostbiker Explorations on uh, our September 3rd show so we can get geared up and get thinking about stuff before this year's Spooky Spokes. Um, Brian had a lot of good, cool stuff to say about that. So let's drop out of here and get into our interview with Brian. Jay, will I see you next week? No. Um, You're not, you're, because you don't know when you're going to be able to put weight on your foot. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, It's a touch and go. We'll see.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite record labels, by the way, Touch and Go. All right, folks. That is it for me and Jay. We're going to hop into, we're going to listen to some crappy uh, rock music here and fade into me and Brian speaking blissfully over a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Slay Jay. Ciao. take it easy Ciao. you get out of here with your chow <laughs> alright I'll talk to you next week alright bye alright everybody hey hey this is the turdmeister junkie T in the house and on the phone right now we have a Skype call going on for the NPC squad but guess what it's, it's a NPC squid and one NPC squad in the house. <laughs> uh, right now on the line, we got Brian from coming to us from a very temperate uh, Washington. And I told him I am sorry, but the uh, it is like 3,000 degrees here, especially in a enclosed garage where we record. And it has to be that way to keep all this noise out. So <laughs> uh, I have no choice but to swelter in here, but I'm glad to be doing it with another NPC challenge rider. And uh, Brian, yeah, tell us basically where you're coming from in Washington and what, uh, what do you do up there?
3: I'm in a little town called Monroe. It's a little north of Seattle. And uh, I build bearings for a living. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: crazy. Like, uh, like, any like, side, like uh, bearings? robotics bearings. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah,
3: thin section bearings used in robotics and that sort of application. Uh,
0: do they have to be, well, do they have to be, um, like, roller type or ball type or what? The,
3: the, the ones we do are ball bearings. No They're kidding. really high precision, and it's just machines can't put these things together, so it yeah. lucks out for me.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's actually really interesting. I, I always love to talk to people about what they do because, like, to me, that's the creative part of creative writing, you know? And, oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I have...
3: I like creating things, so this was the perfect job for me. Yeah.
0: So I, I know I'm leaving a mark on the world as I'm building things. <laughs> all right, Yeah, one of these days, like, Jay's going to be getting her robotic leg put on, and your bearings are going to be uh, what was powering her, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> her new leg exactly. or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Do you do anything that ends up uh, ending up in motorcycle applications at all? or
3: uh, The closest we get is some of the universities use our bearings in... Uh, axles on the uh sae cars
0: right yeah when i used to autocross i loved the sae cars they were not only fast but talking to a guy and he's like oh yeah i built the traction control this is like before i knew how that stuff worked i just raced the car i didn't really you know i raced old jalopies just like my motorcycles where it's like carbureted and everything's oh, yeah. cast <laughs> cast yeah. out here N- nothing milled nothing that fancy and these kids were coming up, and yeah, they are like, oh, I built the uh, traction control on this thing, and I did this, and I'm going, what in the world? And yeah, they were making it happen, like, f- ground up on those cars. So that's pretty cool. I wish they would have – I mean, I know some of them do have electric bike programs, but an SAE program for, for motorcycles, you know, where you have to build, like, a some weird spec bike and then race it. That'd be kind of cool.
3: Oh, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah miles per gallon and here's your quart of gas see how far you can go yeah. those are fun challenges
0: yeah and um so yeah we're we're kind of waiting for more people to pop in but i don't, i'm not sure it's been 10,000 years since i used skype so maybe i asked everybody out of this uh <laughs> chat but also i'm not 100% sure um, what everybody's doing on a sunday uh you've got some time off so luckily like me you know being dad's like it's sometimes hard to get an afternoon off but here we are so yay, yeah. yay for us
2: <laughs> getting a
3: vacation from work too so it's great
0: yeah and so hopefully some people chime in in a little bit and if not um you can give me a punch in the face because uh somehow i've missed yeah. i was up.
3: promised a party not a one-on-one <laughs> yeah i know <laughs>
0: Let's Well, and this is like one of the most boring parties because uh, I usually fall asleep at parties. So uh, <laughs> I apologize in advance. <laughs> but, but yeah, we uh, I'm here to talk about the MPC, the 2019 Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge that happened. And I had a great group of riders this year. Luckily, they changed the rules so that everybody could be on the team. And like in years past, um, they said, Hey, since you're a one podcast dude, you know, you can have, uh, two of the other listeners make up for spots for you. And so they were extending that out to everybody. And I think it was a really great rule because it let us people that, um, you know, was basically a single host. Now we get to have a team and it was really cool. This year's team, uh, was 10 people. I didn't even know ten people listen to the show to be honest, and uh, a lot of them are longtime listeners. And then your name pops up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, Brian." I'm, I you're the first person I think that's not from Wisconsin that's on our team besides Paul, who lives here um, in SoCal with me. So, congrats on being the first non-Wisconsin and non within a hundred miles of me, uh, rider <laughs> for, Thanks. yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, what was your favorite part about, I know we've talked to the other, uh, you know, the other shows have had NPC podcasts and stuff, asking everybody their, their run of the mill questions. I kind of wanted to know what everybody's favorite part was, like what was the high and what was the low of the challenge for you this year?
3: Uh, You know, those little uh, flash challenges, I really liked those, Uh, especially go and find a kid's toy. Yeah. Um, Those were pretty neat.
0: Yeah, that was fun and and challenging, I have to say. Um, Yeah. The first year, I think, that I remember them doing flash challenges, they did a... uh, payphone challenge and I was lucky luckily uh, lucky enough to have one right down the street that also worked because yeah. I've, I've seen them before but they're you know trashed and like they don't work yeah. anymore stand inside the box and use your cell phone oh my God. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I and I remember the days man when those things you, you you know you carried like a couple dimes in your pocket to call mom or something if you need it right yeah. home or
3: is that a couple of years where pagers were all the rage
0: oh that too yeah right yeah it's <laughs> a couple of years it's so funny because at the time you feel like this is the future and now you're like oh my god i can't believe that lasted even as long as it did <laughs> so, yeah exactly yeah. So, um i have a question what made you uh sign up for creative writing it was it was it the pity
3: <laughs> uh you know i i it's one of it, there it, there are probably 5 motorcycle podcasts that i listen to and uh-huh. this is the one that i tend to listen to the moment it comes out
0: yeah we try oh. to get it out routinely uh, in the mornings on Friday for people because I know you need something to get you through Friday Friday at, yeah. fr- at work is sometimes a party and sometimes a chore so yeah
3: Fridays are so slow <laughs> yeah
0: exactly so for you it's a, sounds like you're the chore chore type where it's like is it uh, you know the, the the old whistle blow yet and nope. is it eight, is it
3: 811 yet no it's still 8.10. 10 <laughs> yeah
0: exactly and it's like that all day right I mean till the end oh, of the day yeah and um, yeah, you know what i I was really excited about the amount of people that came on this year, because, like I said, we had writers before listener challenge, you know they've always had, but I never had this many people sign up for a team and be able to participate on the team level, and yeah. so I was super, super excited, and not only that i um, I don't know, it just made me feel like wow there's there's people all over getting ready to do some really dumb stuff for potentially just bragging rights of a trophy right yeah exactly. yeah and so when i started listening to everybody else's shows and and normally it's like oh yeah man we rode this far we rode this far and i'm thinking i was gonna do some funny videos and like do some f- make it fun this year and i have the crappiest oldest phone that i just upgraded right after the challenge or i would have been oh, able to yeah i yeah, would have been able to do my my dream there but Narissa took over and she was making the videos fun and she was making them kind of exciting. And then I noticed yeah, other people yeah. starting. And I have to say, I'm pretty sure, well, I can't say like we're the only podcast with cool writers cause they all have cool writers, but we are, we have like some of the most creative people literally listening to creative writing and writing for us. And so it was fun watching everybody be able to get out there and, you know, not just do the chore of banging out like a thousand miles to go get a street name. It's like, no, I'm going to have fun too and do it. And so I think this year, like I'm saying, I'm not bragging that it was us, but it it was a lot of fun seeing people get a little more creative with it because Chad was doing his funny stuff. You were up there and did you only gonna do it for a week right
3: yeah i did it for a week and then i started seeing how the scoring was working and i don't know something about my motivation level fell (laughs) off the chart it's like (laughs) uh, i can only get par roads and i already screwed up the first week so i certainly can't win personal winning yeah and as long as i see people getting par on any of the letters and they just go with the best score from everybody uh, it's like well i don't even need to do this
2: yeah
0: so
3: i just concentrated on mileage yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you were actually the reason that we even got like a couple extra bonus points because of your mileage. And had I known, I really didn't, I, I guess I didn't read the rules. They keep getting bigger and bigger every year. and so Oh, yeah. More. I didn't read the rules either. Oh, oh my God. So I there's, was like,
3: they'll let me know if I'm doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was more and more to read, but the host really could have played a big part. I know some of the hosts didn't even ride except for the Flash Challenge. So I got more than most of the hosts, but we still didn't. If I had ridden a lot more, uh, we would have got... <laughs> a significant bonus based on your mileage. So yeah, you helped us actually get into second place, I think, because, uh, I did
3: a saddle sore in the middle of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. (laughs) And yeah, as far as the, um, the challenge letters thing i tried to make it super easy by getting the longest names i could for the first 2 weeks and everyone's yeah. going what are you doing glad you know i think we got a comment from another person no, i'm glad we didn't sign up for your team this year i was really thinking about it for next year and i was like well <laughs> i have my reasons for everything i they seem dumb it yeah, it
3: was totally your style. I
0: liked it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I was trying to be funny because I already knew that my score didn't really count. You know, it was yeah. whoever got the best out of everyone. See, if it was in the years previous, oh, you better believe I would not have even tried that because everybody's score was the best. You know, they were taking the best. So the fact that they gave us this leniency this year, let let us do more crazy stuff and let people like like, yeah, this year, I don't even know if like your miles would have, counted or done something you know what i'm saying like the,
3: yeah they, they weren't supposed to and and then they, they kind of flipped it in the end yeah i was going on previous year's rules where get miles get miles yeah this, yeah yeah like, hey, that's why i signed up in the first place it's right like, I have no problem getting miles
0: yeah yeah you know what that's something i wanted to ask is up there how is the uh you know how how far you're in the small town so do you, do you have to really put in some miles to go get you know streets and stuff in another area
3: uh, it seems like the bigger towns are hard harder to get names. Um, I actually, for the the week that I, I did it, um, I don't think I rode more than five miles from my house. Oh, no, I just kidding. went into the neighborhoods behind me, and yeah. yeah, and I got some pretty good names. So
0: yeah that's the mistake that I made the first uh, week was I didn't really think about miles. Like you said, you know, the host didn't really have to, so I didn't worry about it (laughs) and then come to find out in the end, Hey, maybe I should have been paying more attention. But, um, the thing was, is that, uh, I really feel like, I didn't. It's not like the previous years with the city names where we had to, you literally have to put miles because you're riding to another city, you know, and you're going for long cities. So you might be searching within like 500 miles of your, you know, your home city. So I I do feel that's one thing that I think when we got in the round table with um, John the last time, we said, you know what, maybe keep this lower scoring. Uh, Because I really like that better than the long scoring. Long scoring, people start to try and like bend the rules everywhere. When you do a low scoring and you just go with the, you know, it doesn't count avenue, it doesn't count street, whatever, just the name. When you do a town like that, I could see people getting some I, serious miles to get lowest scores you know
3: yeah and i wanted to uh, you know and i put it at the end for the uh the survey I've, uh, i had a great suggestion at least in my opinion it's a great suggestion rather than you know the the scrabble words letter scores that they were kind of doing yeah do a equals one b equals two c right. equals three and that c way it really
0: is 26 then right exactly like, yeah, okay. yeah
3: so then it you've really got to it's not just all the minimum Street name can be three letters. You might find the th- three wrong letters, and you find a four-letter one that's much closer to par. And right. Really, there is no par because ABC. You'd almost then you'd be lucky to find an ABC road name. But right. yeah, so no more just looking for par. You're you're really really fighting for it.
0: That makes a lot of sense uh, when you think of like like I got the word Rio, which is the mm-hmm. E is five, but then the R and the O. I mean, if I could have found like. Say it was an Ace. R. Yeah, there you go. Like, yeah, perfect, perfect yeah. thing. Uh, I found Ab Street, A B or Abe Street, <laughs> anything yep, like that, good. right? You yeah. know, like yeah. But then
3: if they give you letters like R, T, and L, yeah, you're automatically yeah. I mean yeah, you'd be looking for like lab and right. Yeah.
0: Well, see, yeah. everybody would be if like like the the Rio example, like R E O. Everybody would be looking for the R, but mm-hmm. um. That would be your – handy. everybody would have the same handicap. But then I'd be yeah. looking for, like, Rib Street or something, you know, or Rib City, yeah. whatever, if they went yeah. by cities. Yeah, and if you got – before, the R.I.B. is equal to R.E.O. when you're looking at it on the Scrabble tiles. But, yeah, like if yeah. we go your way, that's a massive point spread there if you go, like, Rib versus Rio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or or –
3: yeah, It just really throw a monkey wrench in everybody trying to just get par.
0: Yeah. Like or – now uh, you
3: got to do some really th- –
0: math. <laughs> yeah, a better example would be ron cuz I think there was a, a Ron Street that I passed. R O N would yeah, be that would have been R before. The same letters as or the same point score scrabble wise as R I B, I forget how many B is actually worth a little bit, but yep. Ron would probably be worth a hell of a lot of points where like rib is like, yeah, I got a rib street and I'm way ahead of the game at this point. <laughs>
3: yeah, so, exactly.
0: Um, yeah, that's a good idea. When you, uh, the highs and lows, the highs was the, um, or well the lows actually sounds like it was like the reali- realization that the points were, um, out of the, out of reach. Maybe some people were just starting to go crazy right there out of the gate. Yeah, so what was your yeah, high? I mean, uh,
3: you know, when when I I added up all the mileage at the end, it was like, wow, I did a lot more miles than I realized. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I, I I had both my bikes going. Um, I've got a uh, a Harley XG 750 that I ride when it's rainy, and then I got the Indian Scout that I ride when it's nice out. Oh, really. So I had miles on both those bikes. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I I think I. I guess I only saw the one. I, I, I thought I saw an Indian in there and I was like, I couldn't remember if that, yeah, that was you or not. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How funny. So during the thing, I mean, it was crazy here because last summer when the challenge was going on, we had like 118 degree day and that, and that day was a little bit humid if I remember correctly. And now I, I was like done. Like I rode down to the beach to get Redondo, uh, Redondo beach or no Rancho Palos Verdes. And, um that's down by the water and it was still like 110 down there right off the ocean you know and I was going this yeah. is terrible so this year I don't year, think we got above 60 here <laughs> yeah that was the thing this year they had it in May so that it wouldn't be so stinking hot and it rained for most of the people and I'm going yeah
3: yeah we, we had at least a week of rain the second week here it was, it was like oh I'm taking the Harley I think
0: yeah even for us it rained here and I was like California rain in May like this hasn't happened since the 80s <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it was crazy it was um, one of the legitimate wettest winters we've had I think since like since I can remember it was like like early 90s like 93 for sure and I think maybe 94 it was like the quote El Nino year where we got a really like wet uh, really hard hard and wet um, winter thing coming from like the south like the tropical storms brought up all this basic uh, water from tornadoes or something that was happening down there and we just it killed us up here it's like flooding all over and then it dried up for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. years. And now, holy cow, here it is again. Wow, I don't remember a winter being quite this wet um, and, and late into the year. You know, May, It's even when we had really bad winters, it was pretty much done by May. So, yeah, that, that was pretty incredible to be riding in that stuff. And I really felt for the people in Wisconsin. But up there, I mean, if it only got up to 60, too, was it just cloudy the whole time or what?
3: Yeah, uh I think the first week the the weather was pretty decent and then after that it was alternating rain and just miserably cold, cloudy kind of thing. I mean, it wasn't terribly cold, but it's cold for riding around on.
0: Yeah. Um so when you when we're talking about the MPC and and all the fun we we had and you know, aside from the aside from the actual challenge and all the rules and all that great stuff, um what did you what did you like about the challenge? Like, was it the was it getting out, or just having a reason to ride instead of just saying, eh, "I think I might go for a ride"? Was it like, "Hey, there's this competition right now that I'm a part of, and there's a legitimate reason to ride, uh, even if it's just for bragging"? bragging rights right like there's still yeah a fun reason to get it, out.
3: it felt like a scavenger hunt with those street names it was like oh i gotta go find this street name okay there it is now i gotta get a picture of me in front of it and i was only submitting pictures but i really enjoyed some of the videos that people were posting they were a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah they were definitely pretty cool and and like i said i think if everybody if we had it would be so fun to have a camera crew go out with like one or two people from each team, and just get some funny, like documentary style. It w- I think would really make a fun, um, like challenge. You know, it would kind of shed some light on this thing and how fun it is. And it's it's growing slowly, but that's great because like the last year when it grew, it grew by like double in one year, and there was a lot of problems last year. So I'm glad that even though it's getting bigger and it's growing more, that. It is staying fun, and it is staying to the point where it is still growing. So more people, you know, people are interested in getting out there and riding, which is what it's all about. Um, so this year, I was excited because uh, when you go to get a town, it's one thing. You'd, all you have to do is stop in front of the town sign. You know, you go to Las Vegas, and there's a trillion people in front of the Welcome to Vegas sign. You just you would blend right in. But when yeah. you go to the some of the towns like around here, you could go to city hall or a library. You still don't stand out. But when you're in front of someone's house, getting these street signs, <laughs> like yeah, yeah a, exactly. You're on a specific. I got them peering
3: out the windows. Going, yeah. What is
0: he doing? Yeah. Did you get a couple? Did you get any funny looks, or did you feel like a I, stalker when you were out there doing some of this stuff? I certainly
3: got some funny looks. <laughs> uh, it, nobody came up to me and was like, "Why are you setting up?" a tripod and why are you standing on your bike and
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there was a uh, there was one street that i went to and i think everybody had that same uh basic you know kind of sentiment is that yeah i did feel you know everyone's looking at me there was gawkers for sure uh people mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the heck's going on what's this crazy person doing but um there was a street that i went to that was the only one sign because it was a t intersection oh, yeah. and yep. and it kind of looped the street lo- had like rounded where it lo- kind of circles back to the main street. So there was really only one sign that had the name of the street and there just happened to be like a kid's birthday party and a, a bajillion cars like on that street, <laughs> right at the intersection. And so I parked like right in front of the sign between two cars where just the motorcycle would fit. So you could see it and the sign. Uh-huh. And all these people are coming out to their cars going, what is this creep doing? And, <laughs> and this is when it was warming up. So like, what's this creep doing in like full gear, like, you know, blacked out helmet, taking yeah. taking this picture in front of our house. It kind of looked like I was taking a picture of the house. So then I, like, was really obvious, like, holding the phone up to the sign, like, hey, look, I was thinking, but that's even <laughs> weirder, you know. Like, I feel like sometimes yeah. that was even weirder. Uh, that's one of the things I really like, though, about this year is that you kind of had to um, – if you didn't want to feel like a creep, you kind of had to be sneaky. And, yeah. and, uh, that was I something... just left
3: my helmet on. It gave me a sense of an anonymity. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. And so if you, you know, I didn't know, is that a, was that a highlight? Was that a low light? Was that just a, it, it was what it was.
3: Uh, that was a highlight. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely, uh, a little more, challenging to to do some of those things you know when you're in front of a big city sign that they try to make as big as possible it's one thing but when you're in the dark like i did a lot of night rides so yeah when you're in the the dark trying to get a picture of a sign and lights start (laughs) coming yeah creeper what's this dude doing out here on a motorcycle like all the whole neighborhood's asleep pretty much and you're out there doing this uh taking pictures of our sign and you know it looks like i'm casing the neighborhood or something so yeah but yeah i think that was a pretty fun that was actually one of the fun things because when you're in front of a city sign it's so big you just you know it's easy you just stop and take a pic when you're in front of a street sign and it's so tiny there's all the space in the photo and i think everybody was doing their best to like ham it up and like make it interesting and um like i was saying chad was doing like a whole historical thing on every time he took a picture so i i i thought that that was pretty funny, and I really think that it people did kind of get into it more than they have in the past with the towns. Then again, I think maybe being fourth year, people are, like, finally easing into it and, like, becoming less, uh, For you know, like, for me, obviously, it wasn't as much of a cutthroat challenge. I almost didn't enter this year because last year we were so... Um, sure that we were going to get w- better than, th- you know, we were, thought we were going to be climbing up the ladder. And then last year we fell way back. And I was like, man, that is so crazy.
3: Yeah. It seemed like when I joined, uh <laughs> I don't know if it was you that posted and was like, oh, I guess we'll do it this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was probably, it had to be me. And yeah. that's the thing is like last year at the end, I think, because Paul and Chris and I were the, were the team, you know, oh, and yeah. uh I think we felt a little bit discouraged. So I'm kind of happy they made all these changes that they made. And yeah. Uh, I think it really invited a lot of people in and made it writing more accessible to everybody. And so that's yeah. what it, that's what it's all about. And that was what it was really, you know, the fun part of watching everybody from a, like a captain's quote perspective was yeah, being able okay. to do it that way this year and not be so busy myself trying to plan out everything that I don't get to y- include. That was, you know, one of the things that um, Chris and, and, and Paul and I had to do too is that your mileage didn't count if you didn't... Sol- submit a letter so that was uh, the other part of the strategy was that uh you know we chris had some really not so good letters because we have all these uh, spanish names out here in socal thanks to the missionaries and all that great stuff and the mm-hmm. the missions and all the crazy uh cities that pop up around them um tend to have like rancho blah 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 you know and and then or lagu laguna blah 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 you know so we have all these great uh suffixes due to the naming com- complexes but w- back there he didn't have as many good ones you know and so yeah. what had happened was ours were scoring way more than his but he was getting a lot of miles um basically getting still doing on the uh you know he had to travel quite a bit to get these city- cities and so the thing was is we took it we were like you know what like I will ditch my really good one that's only a couple points more than his because I want his miles to count. And so the whole thing with this year is that I feel like it was a lot better. that every It was just everybody for themselves, but you're on a team. And mm-hmm. so it was. It reminded me of, like, soccer, basically, where anyone on the team can score, but everybody, you know, not, ne- not necessarily everybody is going to have the same opportunities. But at least we're all able to do, like, something, you know. And so I really like that because I would have hated to have 10 people on and had to, like, pick between – you know, you pick the top five scores or six scores, out and so I would have hated that this year. So. Yeah,
3: I liked that you could just take one street from this person, one street from that person. It really made it feel like a team. Yeah. It's like, it's like oh, I don't have, like, when we got to Z, the uh, I could get nowhere near par. In fact, I, I, I was going to have to ride 150 miles to get to Z. Yeah. And I ended up not doing that, but somebody had found Z with par, like zoo or something. Yeah, yeah. So. So I, I just sat back on that one, and it was—it yeah. was nice.
0: Yeah. See, that's part of that's one of the things of this year's that made it uh, accessible because we are working as a big collective team, and and I just I, yeah the previous years it I feel like it took a lot more strategy and planning to get everybody included, and that you know so that is like. A, for me it was great just being able to not have to ride like a thousand miles. <laughs> so yeah. that's greedy of me. I know. And, uh, eventually it kicked us in the ass. We may, I don't know how much I would have had to ride for our miles to count to, to boost us up to, to first, but we got second, right? I think I said we yeah, got second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: That's what I
0: believe. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, was, that was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt like, uh, yeah, it worked out well. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, I, going into next year's challenge, um, I mean, are you, are you ex- going to, do you think you're going to participate next year?
3: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Are you excited? Um, I mean, I, I have no idea. They change it every year and they don't, you know, they don't let us host know or any of that stuff either, yeah. but are you hoping that they go one way or the other? Like, you uh, know, I don't know what you got out of this year's ride. I don't know if it was that you got to go to new places. You got to explore, streets you would have never gone down had we not had a challenge.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and so next year, I'm not 100% sure what they're going to do because they never tell us, but... um,
3: I feel like they were trying to find something that worked the last couple of years and they kept changing it dramatically because they tried something and it didn't work. I feel like it worked this year, so they just need to fine-tune it.
0: Yeah, I think going for the cities again uh, rather than street names might make it more interesting because mm-hmm. that'll definitely up the mileage. And, yeah. but I do think that just having the street names was nice. Cause I got all of six in one night. Um, mm-hmm. I think I did that twice. And then, uh, the other ones over a weekend where the cities were definitely, I mean, that was like, each one was a day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I, the, that is one nice thing is if you're crunched for time um, my kids were smaller and I think they were out of town like the last couple of years and so I could just ride. I would ride out and after work get a city you know a hundred miles away and ride back and not have to worry about it because like nobody's here. I didn't have to make dinner for anybody or like tuck anybody in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had my kids in, in yeah. the second and third week. So. Yeah, so it, it, make, it does make it tough and so the street names was kind of nice um, but yeah, I do. I, th- I agree with you hundred percent that it, this year was one of the best formats and just mm-hmm. changing up aspects of it would make it you know just as good next year. Yeah. And uh so speaking of you know exploring and going to new places and stuff like that did you go anywhere uh you know not extremely crazy or anything like that but did you get a chance to get out and go somewhere that you probably wouldn't have gone before?
3: Uh, well, like I said, I just kind of did my neighborhoods, but I wouldn't have had any reason to go look around those neighborhoods without this challenge. So right. I went down some, some down some roads i but it's really it's just suburban neighborhoods,
0: yeah. and I definitely I, I went to a couple different places that I wouldn't have gone to, but it's definitely not like cities. Like when you're going to a whole new city to get that particular city's name and you have to end up at Town hall somehow, or fire station and whatnot like it makes a big difference i really felt like i was exploring during those (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's that's one reason i would vote for bringing cities back but keeping the format and then yeah just getting out uh, was it tough for you to get out with the you know but did you have to were you telling yourself in your head i've got the kids the next two weeks so i definitely have to like make it count this week because i probably won't be riding the next two weeks
3: i had intended to get out with the kids but then things got busy and like i said i did the, the motivation fell out for me. Yeah.
0: So. And it's easy. I mean, that's easy. That's, you know, the same thing with me is that if if there's one thing that's maybe not looking like it's going to be, uh, I don't know, not, you know, I don't have to have everything 100% going my way. But if there is something that's going to be like a significant like off-putting or, you know, like this is kind of going to be more of a strain on the family for me to do this than, than fun, then yeah, it does. It definitely uh, makes you think twice about it. And it's, and when you're, you know, doing something like this, that's, that's kind of just for fun. It's easy to kind of see where, you know, it's not, not necessarily, it's not necessary that I go do this, but it definitely is fun. Um, is there anything I, here's what my, my thoughts are for the reason I wanted to ask and I was wishing we had more people on the call is I'm wondering when, creative writing does stuff like spooky spokes or solstice slam should we incorporate some of this stuff into our challenges uh like would you ride to a haunted place or would you ride to someplace scary uh that you have had an experience at and like take a snap or like do a little video of it if it if that was your submission to uh to spooky spokes or or even for solstice yeah. slam.
3: even if i just you know Try and get five cemeteries with your bike parked in front. <laughs> right.
0: So that's what I'm. You know, I was wondering for this year. It's, it's coming up pretty quickly, and I was thinking maybe I don't want to do too much and bite off more than I can chew and like try to organize an actual competition. But I was trying to think of something that we could test it out this year and see. Like, yeah, like hey, go. I know, I know. Sing went to the cemetery where Ed Gein's buried. You know, and he's you know one of the most famous uh, Wisconsin serial killers. So Mm. that would have been, (laughs) you know, for me, that would have sufficed as a cool uh, uh, entry. And I think that actually last year, that's what his, uh, his spooky spokes was. That's where he went for that. And he did a little story about it. And, um, but yeah, getting the pick with it. And he sent me some, uh, video of the area. I think where the guy's house used to be or something like that. He did some crazy stuff and I'm thinking, yeah, like this, like the challenge flash challenges, whatever they are, that would be kind of, I think fun and engaging and, Sp- Spooky Spokes and Soulsa Slam is interesting because I think people like to sit back and listen to what other people have to say about uh, their rides or their experiences. And I'm thinking like something like that might make it just a little bit more fun. Like, hey, not only did I do something crazy, that listen to this story, hold my beer and listen to this, but also like boom, and here's five creepy places that are right in my town or something like that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. I was just kind of throwing it up in the air. I think it. I think some of the challenges from the MPC and some of the aspects from it would be really fun to integrate into uh, some of the, the two yearly um, creative writing competitions that we do just to make stuff a little bit more fun. Cause the more, more people we can get doing it, maybe the more people that'll want to like donate a helmet or something, you know what I mean? Or donate some gear and then it, it'll be actually worth going to these freaky places or doing something for social slam. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm super excited for next year. And I wish that people, you know, your videos were cool. And, uh, Chad's videos were cool. Narissa did a couple ones next year for sure. I'm doing videos. I might even try and get a GoPro before then. So I can like actually record some cool stuff. Cause there was another guy from loud pipes. that had like a blog that was going on the whole time mm-hmm. where he did was, like vlogging his trips with his daughter and stuff. And then other people just put like together a collage of stuff and threw it together in like iMovie or something like that and just made like a little three minute film or something. So I was like, man, all this stuff is really ramping up from the first year where it was just like, Hey, I rode here, here's a pic, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited for that. It's making me want to get more um, engaged visually for people. And it was really fun just talking to you today about how you do all yours. I have some of this stuff. I should be using more of the stuff I have, I guess. (laughs) So, (laughs) but at any rate, um, we don't have everybody here, so I'm kind of bummed about that, but we've been yakking for a good half hour, Brian. I want to thank you so much for hanging out and, um, uh, any suggestions you have for next year's, uh, anything that you wouldn't be looking forward to or any suggestions that you had, uh, for next year's challenge. What do you think? I uh,
3: wouldn't be looking forward to, um, if the, if they did the same letter values and the same shortest name, street names possible, Yeah, I, I think I'd be like, oh. I'd, I'd do it again, but uh, it wouldn't, uh, that's, that's what I hope they don't do. So change something about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, what would make it, what would sweeten the pot? Like what can the creative writing, uh, motor podcasters group do that would just make it that much better? Like, what would you be like? Yeah, this Cash is... Cash prizes. Oh, shit. All right. Well, damn it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll start saving now. And uh, no more of those crummy gift bags, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I just have everybody buy in. Oh, you want to ride for us? It there you five go. bucks. Yeah. You,
0: get, you get the, if you win. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, a pool for, we'll do two pools. One for most miles and one for like lowest letter score. That's yeah, the nice thing about go. having the admin do all that stuff is that you can track it. And I could actually do that so all right well we're gonna i think we're gonna cut our cut our call here but i I did want to say hey thank you so much for um, thanks for having me yeah and next time i I, we're getting some calls in a lot of people uh are doing some sunday activities lance is uh repairing his wife's car i think jay might have been a little bit she said she was going to try and call in but i think she might have got busy down there uh no secrets out it Might involve Jay and the banana, though, but uh, <laughs> and then also, um, yeah, everybody else that couldn't make it, let's do this. We'll plan um we'll do some one on ones. Me and Brian gotta talk one on one, so maybe throughout the year until next year's challenge, we'll do some one on ones, and then I'll stick them all together in in one single episode. Perfect. And uh, we'll see what everybody says and if some of our predictions come true and if some of our wishes come true. <laughs> yeah. So cool. that would be the ultimate for me. And Brian, thanks so much for hanging out.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun.
0: All right, man. Talk to you later. Yeah. You. <clears throat> hey, everybody. This is some old school outro music. Haven't used this in a long time. Just want to tell you, please leave us a review wherever you get us. Stitcher SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, all that great stuff. And write us. CreativeWritingPodcast at gmail.com. We got some cool stuff coming out next week. Take